Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. Okay, uh, paper-wise this morning, uh, yet more companies pulling out of Russia. You may have seen that um, uh, news reporter, news journalist, editor jump in on the live uh, television news uh, on Russia, on Russian television yesterday saying it's all lies, you're being lied to, it's all fake news, we should be ashamed of ourselves. Uh, don't know what's going to happen to her because of her bravery yesterday on live television with a big placard that she held on the screen. Uh, but more companies pulling out, Guinness now have put a halt to the black stuff in Russia. And uh, while all of that is happening as well, I saw something in the papers and also on the rolling news last night that there's an oil tanker from Russia came into Dublin yesterday, Dublin dockers yesterday started unloading the Russian oil from the tanker, even though there were calls to turn it back as a show of protest against against Ukraine. So, uh, two types of black stuff there, the oil and the pint of plain. Um, they also say that things are going from bad to worse for the Russians, and that uh, the mail is saying that Putin's troops are expected to buckle within 14 days, apparently. That's a front page in the mail. Things just have not gone well for them. Uh, mind you, say that to people who have been bombed or had family members or children killed, but apparently they'll only be able to sustain full fighting capacity for another 10 to 14 days, but for many, that would feel like a lifetime. Apparently the Russian army invading Ukraine are living on a diet of potatoes and onions. It's not unlike actually the German the German army trying to go through uh, across Russia back in the Second World War and all of the problems that they had to put up with um, the Germans with regards to uh, the Russian army and the Russian people. The Ukraines are doing to the Russians what the Russians did to the Germans. Uh, they're asking China to send arms to Russia now and that's a claim being made by the US. I don't know whether it's true you don't know whether it's fake, you don't know what kind of wars they're playing uh, on keyboards these days uh, but that's an update on some of the stories coming from the east. In other news this morning uh, and Murphy updates the sex for rent um, scandal of this country and the people who look for uh, sex in return for free and rent. The twist on this one is that there are ads now um, and one of them I got in front of me here is a property in Clare being offered for free to a slim Ukrainian woman with an expectation for sex. The landlords demanded a photograph from the renter before he will reveal the exact location of the property. Uh, isn't that the most de- disgusting thing? I mean, that's got, the, as they say in this morning's examiner, that's got to be the most abhorrent, one of the most abhorrent crimes imaginable. But in good news with regards to people who are coming into the country, uh, and it's not necessarily refugees looking for a temporary home, it also has to do with our extended bank holiday weekend, which, of course, runs right across Thursday and Friday and Saturday and, and Sunday. So make the most of it, apparently. 26,000 people are expected to fly in over the bank holiday weekend. Uh, Cork Airport are expected to have a bonanza four or five days. Um, Why don't you just open everything in Cork Airport then? Open all your restaurants, open all your cafes, open all your concessions. Let people be able to use all of the services in full. Um, Michal Martin touched down in Washington, D.C. last night. Uh, Don't know, I'd love to know how he traveled. Oh, yeah, I think he he traveled business class, to the best of my knowledge, with with Aer Lingus. At least he didn't take a private jet like he did to the U.K. at the cost of 15 grand. But he touched down in Washington last night for a visit with uh, Joe Biden. Flew business class uh, with Aer Lingus, um, with the government jet out of action. Uh, It's near the end of its working life. Probably does a favor, actually, because if if he'd taken the... The government jet would cost us a small fortune. I wonder how much is business class return to America. Now, maybe it's okay to have a Taoiseach fly business class. You have to have some kind of style if you're the Taoiseach of a country. 
I suppose you'd be talking, would you be talking about three or four grand return, I suppose? Maybe we got value. Uh, and one of the things, of course, that uh, he wants to uh, make sure of is that Joe Biden visits Ireland. Uh, you would think there'd be more important things, but uh, I think he also will be talking about the undocumented in America. So that's not too bad. Front of the examiner, have we got a worry or what with regards to COVID? 31,000 COVID cases in the past three days. Jerry Bottomer saying yesterday that we got rid of masks too quickly. There seems to be uh, a resurgence of COVID-19 infections with over 30 died, 30,000 diagnosed in just three days and ICU numbers. Still quite low, 42 now, up from 37 on Friday. Uh, but where's this one going? I'll talk a little bit more about this a little later on for those of you trying to get a vaccine or trying to get a booster. But with regards to numbers, one thing that you probably should to do is get a mortgage and get it as fast as you can because uh, mortgage experts are saying that they're expecting mortgage rates to start to rise for lots of different reasons. And they're never as low as they are now. In fact, mortgage rates at the moment are as low as they've been in the last 12 years. And now is the time, If you, I mean, all very well if you can. A lot of people can't or won't be given it. And yet they're able to pay rent month after month after month. Uh, and other people then that make the news are unfortunately people who, when they were very small little babies, were given out for adoption illegally. And you know that there's compensation coming from the government now. But according to the Mirror this morning, it will be as low or could be as low if people don't... Uh, kick up a storm about it. It could be as low as €3,000. Um, the offers of compensation up to three grand each. And that really is nothing short of an insult. And then for those of you who are trying to look for uh, the best type of bod or, you know, to be as healthy and as fit as you can, don't do it with low-fat food, they're saying. A lot of the time, these so-called low-fat, sugar-free foods are actually very bad for you. And they're, you know, all of these bars that you eat, these protein bars and things like that. But the research this morning is saying that low-fat food can actually leave you hungrier than if you didn't eat anything at all. It's a psychological thing, you see, by all accounts. The psychological impact of the feeling that you've eaten low-fat food means that you feel cheated psychologically. Uh, and that's bad for you. Most dieters would probably consider a healthy, low-fat snack to be more appealing than no food at all. But apparently it has a very, very negative impact on you psychologically. And it also, apparently, they're saying, makes you feel hungrier even after you eat it. But there's also some other research just finally as to who is the most boring person in the world. Unfortunately, I hate having to say this, but it's a woman called Phoebe. And by all accounts... She is the, she is absolutely miss, perfectly boring. Uh, they've just done research into what would the most typical type of person be if it was a real human being. And it's a girl called Phoebe who lives in a town and works as a tax consultant and likes bird watching, likes studying maths problems in her spare time and likes going on smoking breaks. Probably the only kind of, um, um, you know, rebellious streak in Phoebe. <laughs> Is a, is smoking a fag or two. Um, the, she's very boring. And a little boring would be a guy named Richard living in a small city. He's a salesman in a post office. What does he sell in the post office? I mean, I mean, they do a very important job, but people tend to come into you looking for things rather than you trying to, you know, hustle them to buy things. He likes model railways and has a very strict routine. So my apologies to you this morning if you're either named Richard 
or Phoebe, or indeed if you work in a post office or you're a tax consultant. The Neil Prenderville Show. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. And of course, Cheltenham starts today and many people are travelling. I'll have some bets for you in the next hour from the great Jordan Bracken. These are just notional bets. It's just to keep an eye on it. I'm not encouraging anybody to go out and, you know start gambling away the you know the family fortunes or anything like that although a lot of people will they say that a billion euro a billion euro will be bet racing fans will wager 1 billion euro in the next 4 days of Cheltenham um, and like they're also talking in the papers this morning with the amount of bets per minute paddy powers expect 25000 bets per minute uh, by the time we get into the peak of Cheltenham, which is probably sometime around maybe the Gold Cup or what have you. But isn't that some money, though? A billion betting bonanza at the Cheltenham Festival. It's just great to have it back. It's great to be chatting about it. It's great to have Cheltenham back. It's great to have St. Patrick's Day parades back. It's great to have Live at the Key- Marquee back. But let's hope we can hold on to it. I mean, I hate to be the bringer of bad news or doom and gloom, but these COVID numbers seem to be a bit of a problem. Tell you some more about that next. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now on the new number, 0818-104-106. And uh, you can text on any of the topics that we discuss on a daily basis. I'd love to get your thoughts. I don't want to be just resurrecting all of this again, but over the last three or four days, we have had increases in COVID uh, cases and of course masks for many people are gone uh, a lot of people are back to handshaking and hugging and stuff like that and maybe like me you've heard over the past few days of people testing positive and going back into isolation I'm not saying that any of that stopped but in my life it has stopped but now I'm starting to hear about it again so we have over a thousand virus patients um, and we have uh, 544 people on trolleys and you know what Cork uh, A&E is like at the at the CUH. We've got 42 at uh, in ICUs up from 37 and 31,000 COVID cases in the past three days. Now, the reason I'm mentioning all of that is that uh, we're just doing a ring around there to a dozen pharmacies just to find out uh, how many of them are actually doing um, vaccinations, you know, f- people who, who want to get vaxxed for the first time, the second time, third time, and also boosters. And the reason I mention that is because from what I can see, there are no spaces for vaccinations or boosters in Cork City suburbs. You'd have to go all the way down to Bantry. Um, I was checking it yesterday, checked it the day before, checked it again this morning. They have, of course, in their wisdom, closed City Hall. So you can't go in there anymore. And it was a perfectly good and working system in there for vaccinations and boosters. So all that's gone. So when you go onto the HSC website, you'll find... It'll say zero for City Hall. It's actually gone. Um, and if you look then uh, for a vaccination for, uh, say, a child or, you know, 5 to 11-year-old at the North Main Street, zero appointments. Then if you look again for uh, the North Main Street Vaccination Centre for anybody 12 and over, zero appointments. Um, checked with a couple of GPs this morning to see if they're doing uh, vaccines. And so far they're saying no. I'm not saying that all GPs are not doing them. Uh, but no, um, never did, um, used to do it, don't do it anymore. So now we're calling pharmacies because that's what the HSE tell you, that if you can't get to a vaccination clinic, get on to your GP. If you can't get to your GP, get on to a pharmacy. So it'll be interesting to see what the pharmacies tell us. We're doing a ring around of about a dozen across the Cork City suburbs and county. But is that not a worry for anybody? If on the one hand we're reading headlines like, 31,000 COVID cases in the past three days and it's continuing to climb. I know we're in March and things should get milder. 
But it's not supposed to be that way. Sure, we're not supposed to be talking about this anymore, and we're not supposed to be thinking about going back to masks and not hugging or not um, uh, not shaking hands. And it also makes me think because people are shaking hands with me now. I've been trying to do the fist bump as often as I can, but it's kind of hard when somebody's hand is out in a shake. So you can't really, can you? Is that would that be rude? They go to shake and you go to fist bump. I don't know. But anyway, I mention it because it seems to me as there could be a perfect storm here and a recipe for disaster if they don't sort out the vaccination setup. Your thoughts are welcome on that. Perhaps I'm overstating it. Perhaps I'm over the top. Text 0868104106. And from yesterday's program with regards to Jerry Buttermer saying that we took the masks off too soon. Uh, he clearly doesn't know what he's talking about. It's been proven worldwide that the mask don't, masks don't stop the spread of any virus. He talks about keeping it until it gets warmer. Seriously? Warmer like in Spain or other warm countries, is it? The temperature has no impact on virus migration. Let's finish that nonsense and let people decide for themselves. Ask Jerry Buttermer if he has taken this up with the Minister for Health and what was the Minister for Health's response to him suggesting we should go back to wearing masks. Uh, Jerry didn't care too much about COVID and mask wearing when he was fine dining in Clifton with the boys. Um, another one, did Jerry wear a mask after he went off golfing with his cronies? Doubt it very much. OMG, will this COVID conversation ever end? Well, can end if you want it to end. I don't have to talk about it. I'm just marking your card with regards to vaccines and boosters. My daughter went to a teenage disco three weeks ago. All eight girls in her group got COVID at the disco. I've also heard of other groups of teens the same. And yes, before you ask, they were all pretty sick. Uh, text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. And I'll come back to that throughout the course of the morning. But uh, got a lovely email in the... in. The inbox yesterday from the one and only Colette Wolf. Colette, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Good morning. Oh, you're so many strings to your bow. Now, you you were on to me originally to talk about the adult education courses at Colossus Theophonefa, and that and that's lovely, and I will come back to that. But in reading the body of your email, you said mm-hmm. it, you know adult education is a great opportunity for people like me who could not read or write up to a few years ago. Really. I learned how to read and write about eight years ago. And can I just, can I talk to you about what life was like up until then? I'm going to tell you the truth now. Up till the end of this, I was paranoid over it. It was a guarded secret. I was ashamed of it. I was, I did everything possible. I, um, at my young uh, life, I took jobs as contract cleaning, meat factories, because it never gave me, the, I didn't have to have to do the reading and the writing. Um, I remember when we got married, Anthony would terrorise me for to go for a mortgage, because as you know, you know Anthony yourself, he's a hard-working man. Yeah, yeah. But I hid as that from Anthony. I had a hit from Anthony. And, Did know, Anthony not I'd, know that you couldn't read and write? He didn't, I'd say, for the first few years, but it, uh, I wasn't until 10 years down the road that we went for our first mortgage. I think he had enough at that stage. He kind of had an idea. You wouldn't believe the work I'd have to do even for my children's homework. My sister's house was, I could see her back door from my front door. I'd run that road for her to write down things. And, you know, it was always shame attached to it. You know, I left school at 12. Okay, because I was just going to ask you, wind back. Why didn't you pick up your ABCs and your basic writing, writing your name and sentences in school? To be honest, Neil, I came from a very uh, uh, large family. And uh, to be honest, there was a lot of chaos. There was sexual abuse went down. And I suppose my biggest challenge was 
was it going to be safe when I went home? So I never learned anything. I didn't realise at the time that I was dyslexic. Funny enough, Leanne was dyslexic. I got her diagnosed very early in in in, in primary. But should have was nothing there at that time and I was told I was stupid. And you were left there, to be quite honest, because my father was an alcoholic, so money was tight. And, you're you're you saying know, that though your home environment was not was not a safe environment no, for you. Yeah. My home environment. So you were preoccupied safe. with that rather than education? I was. It was you know, the, I cannot really remember much of my childhood and I have a photograph memory over not being able to spell it. I can go back donkey's years. But my childhood I can't really remember much, only just fair, I suppose. You know, I've just, was today going to be a good day? Because my mum worked in St. Finbar's, so she worked very hard because my dad drank everything. He drank all money and all, you know what I mean? It's really? It violent yeah. and, yeah. you know... And, no, how, and how did you get clothes put on your back and a bed to sleep in? And and my mum, my mum was just an amazing woman. You know, the sexual abuse went down from the age of 8 to 11. And it came out in a very public way at 11. My sisters, they were like two separate families, came home. Uh, they came home from England, four of them, my two, uh, three eldest sisters and my eldest brother. And um, all hell broke loose. The priest was sent for, and I can still remember what the priest said, is that uh, children experiment with each other. And I thought, you know, it didn't do me any good to hear that because the person that was sexually abusing me was seven years older than me. All right. You okay. know, so... And uh, I know, and that's desperately sad to hear and have to relive again. Um, but, what, no, what, I have, I'm completely but, healed with that name. So, did, you know, know, it was at a time when your dad was, he was also drinking all of it, so your mother to fight. Did your mother ever say to him, like, he needs to either ship up or shape, or sh- shape up or ship up? It wasn't like that, that time, Neil. Do you know what I mean? I remember my mammies and everything. My dad was ruler at the house. Do you know what I mean? And I tell you the truth, you didn't answer him back, you know. And my and I think then my brothers took a uh, not all of them now, but uh, some took a leaf from his book. You know what I mean? He was very dominant. He was a bully, and and you know. But she was a fighter. Do you know this woman was a fighter? Do you know there was mistakes made, and you know I tell that in the book. But there was mistakes made, like every mother and every part, father can make mistakes. But she did the best she could. And when, when you're in, did you do any exams then? Did teachers not no, pick up? I mean, did no, you just finish school? No, did you finish no. school young? For young, I say I left school about 12 or 13. I went to Johnny Lane's, uh, cleaning out chickens. I remember getting up at 6 o'clock in the morning, getting the bus up at the top of the road in Ballyhan. But before, and, uh, but before that, like, did, did the teachers not, like, were you, would you go to a convent? No. Was it nuns? Was it lay teachers? Uh, I went to Bellevue School. There was nuns. Uh, just, do you know what I felt now? And I could have been wrong, you know, as a child, I could have been wrong. I felt, you know, I had nothing to offer, you know what I mean? I could see the difference. I remember there was uh, one girl, and I, I was a good friend of her afterwards, uh, uh, but there was money there, and you know what I mean? And yeah. I came from a background where there was no and we had the, the, the cocoa and the bun when we went to school because, you know, breakfast would have been not there, you know yeah. what I mean? It yeah. was just, yeah. you know, so the interest wasn't there, Neil, if I have to be honest. But the were you made to feel there. different by... by yes. T- yeah. <laughs> yes. I thought I was stupid. I was never told, you know, you know, is there a problem? You know, we can have your problem at home. I was never asked anything like that. It was just... Were you I told I you were stupid? Anyone. I was told I was stupid, you know, I know, and I know stories. Because my husband used to tell me, my husband is the absolute of me, because God almighty, ended in college and what have you. But he said he can remember when he was in school himself that this teacher used to 
uh, with his knuckle at the top of uh, their heads, you know, empty vessels, you know, <laughs> them that empty vessels. I know it, yeah, yeah. Oh, sure, you listen, know? we all went through it. I, I know exactly I what you're talking about. I know exactly I what you're talking about. So could you sign your name for that mortgage? I took me a while. My, uh, my, my sister that died, Frances, actually taught me how to sign my name. But um, How old were you then? I would have been, God almighty, I think um, uh, when I, just, it wouldn't have been long before she died really. Just before we went for the mortgage, I'd say it would have been a while before she died. So there was no such thing as reading reading children's books unless they had pictures in them? No, I didn't read. I I avoided all them things because I thought I literally was stupid to be quite honest. And how did you help the kids with their their homework? You you um, would run down to your sister? My very good and my sister was in uh, France, it was outstanding. France was even, you know, won a scholarship for Gwilt, you know what I mean? So... She, she took that part. I did the feeding. I used to do the dinners <laughs> for all of them. And I do other things that way, but uh, the schoolwork was over my head, like. And did, did were you open with people about the fact that you no. couldn't read or write? Or were oh, you, no. No? And I wasn't open about sexual abuse. Nobody knew none of these things until after I date. And until after the end date. I suppose Leanne was the worst thing to happen to me then. I, I know, didn't care. I know, I know. Poor, mm. poor Leanne and the tragedy of mm. her young death. I know, mm. I know. But I was just, I was, I was amazed that, you know, uh, you had gone so long without being mm. able to read and write and mm. then took an adult education course <laughs> to learn something that just should be just the landmark, the, you know, the, the landmarks that we pass in our childhood. Yes. It just wasn't, it wasn't there. And I know I wasn't the only one. I know. Do you know something? In the in Stefan Nathan, which is CSN now, uh, when I'm out there, I see young people and I talk to them because there's young people out there that didn't finish their leaving now and, and what have you. And you can hear different stories, you know. Some have been come from bullying where bullying was going on in the school and they couldn't cope with the last year or the yeah. second last year of their schooling yeah. or, or some just didn't feel that the interest wasn't there or you know, and they had problems going on in their own home and they just left there. And, you know, so it still goes on today, Nick. Yeah, without know? a doubt. But the, just the practicals of your life, even as a young working yeah. woman, as you went through life, there would have been always times when, you know, things at work or things you have to do, you know, oh, picking up a pen. I remember in March, inside March, um, I was often put on the order and desk. Oh, my God. It was, could only be God that really, really helped me because... How do you hide that then? Just, uh, what would happen was uh, there would be somebody there and I'd say, look, you do that part, I'll start out uh, bringing out the orders from the back. And I remember the first interview that I went to with, um, in Marx. Um, I went in to see Mary McCrom and we uh, discussed, you know, about the job. It was work experience that I started with. I was the first person ever to get a job in Max and Spencer from a, a month's work experience. But I remember they'd done an interview, do three interviews. And it was the strangest thing. I knew that the minute they would have pulled out a pen and paper and what have you, I was out that gap. I would have just ran to the hills. And I know Rose, she's still in there now. And I remember uh, she took out, she says, like a very busy below. She said, I'm going to ask you the question and I'm just going to fill it in because it'll be way quicker. What was the odds in that thing? Why did <laughs> no, she, 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 she didn't know, was it? No, she didn't no, know. No, she didn't know nothing. 
but I just, I'm so ashamed of it now. Do you know, when nobody would be around, I'd hold a pen in my hand. Do you know what people would take for granted? Do you know, to hold a, a pen in your hand and to be able to write down something, you know what I mean? Or, or to even, like when I was going in my life in that railway station, you know, not to be able to write a letter, you know, was it was very hard for me, you know what I mean? It was just... If people know, haven't read um, the book, I would encourage them to read it and to pick up a copy ASAP because you're referring a lot to it. Uh, and I yeah. would encourage people to read your yeah. life story. And, you know, outside everything else, then, what's the odds? At 17, I was able to hide the sexual abuse, hide the, the um, not being able to read and write. And at 17, I get raped, where it's very public, where the guards are involved, mm. the whole... Mm. the whole cock, the rumour went around cock mm. that I was pregnant, and you know you know, so I, it kept me down you know what I mean, it kept me from you kept going, you course. kept on going <laughs> and even <laughs> after your beautiful daughter you know that old cock saying, put up your drawers and get amorous, <laughs> but I think I grew up with that <laughs> you're some fighter <laughs> you know, though, Colette Wolf you're some I tell fighter. you, do you know something uh, Neil, I have to be truthful God had to be watching me, because you know there was times in my life there was always darkness. I always felt darkness all my life. I was always scared, you know, of trying everything. I never forget, even before when my sister was battling cancer, I never forget her when uh, my daughter wrote in the email to Trina at the time. She yeah. was only 14. Yeah. And I remember you uh, emailed back, you got somebody to email back, that would she come, would, would I be able to go on air? My God, I ran to the hills. Yeah. It was my sister had to go on air. I would have never done anything like that. Never done anything like what that. What changed? It, Changed God. It was really, you know, I'm not afraid of nothing now. And I step out and, you know, I said, and if I fail, I fail. Do you know what I mean? And I, I look, you know, and I, and I pick myself up. And I'm not going to be here, you know, thinking, why didn't I try it? Like, I remember my life, you know, and I look back and I'd say, why didn't you just try it? You know, if you failed, you failed. But I was so scared mm. of failing because I just couldn't take, I suppose, take any more shame. And I know? know, I know. And back to the reading and the writing. Do you recall the first words that you wrote or the first sentence? that you wrote? Do you know something now you're going to laugh at this now? I remember uh, after Leanne died and Mac Ryan, the guard, used to be coming, he used to come twice a week and he used to say to me, you know, inside the Bible, you know, there's every answer to every problem that you ever have. And I used to listen away to him. I listened to shows, I, 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 like I said, I had a photograph memory because from not being able to read and write. I know I know that I'm dyslexic, so... So, uh, and I remember he left and I thought, all right, I can't read the Bible, but I can listen to it in audio. Good girl. <laughs> and I listened, and I remember listening one day to the Gospel of John, and it tells us in the Gospel of John that the Holy Spirit will teach you all things and bring you to remembrance all things. I see, I'm a very simple woman. Did the Holy so Spirit me, teach you to read and write? And, and he taught me how to read and write. So what did you write first? I didn't, uh, what, I write, what I wrote first, I remember I went into the church I'm in now, and you go through workers and training, and through the whole lot of it, I couldn't write nothing. I couldn't, you know, I didn't even go in with a pen. They'd go in with their pens, and they had these, you know, they had their iPads, all these things, you know, and I'd go in with my hands hanging, because, you know, I listened up. I'd be the best listener in there. But I remember I, 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 he was talking one day, and he was talking about the 500, the 70, you know, they were disciples of Christ, and... Then he went down to the tree and then he went down to the one, you know, the closest to Jesus. And I remember the question was, who are you going to be? And I remember I said, I'm going to be the one. And I remember I'd listen to everything. And at the end of it, 
this teacher said to us, he said, write down what you think that God has for you, what your, what your, 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 your purpose for life in, in the spiritual part. And I remember I got at me to write down, you know, we were to bring it in after the weekend. I got him to write down, you know, um, cleaning, because I'm very good for cleaning, because I could clean Ireland. I contract cleaning, I don't have my life. Um, I'm very good for hospitality, because I could feed up the turkey. I have done, you know what I mean? So I love food, so I said that, uh, so I can get the size for not eating. You're in um, a bad place to love food inside Marks and Spencer. <laughs> I know. <Food> and then I said that I know I'm an evangelist because I can't shut my mouth about God. So I knew that. But that was it. But the night before, that I, and it was the passing, we were passing the farm. I woke up and uh, I said, I woke at me and I said, I think God said I'm going to be a teacher. And then he says, Claire, that's a wishful thinking. Like, of course, <laughs> kick me off my porch. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, she's right. You know, there was a few words we were learning in the Bible. Now it was the flesh. And then you had the spirit. And I was thinking, that's the flesh part. I <laughs> thinking that. So when I went into the workers and training, I and he passed in the farms, the two farms, just you now just highlighting what, what we felt God would, would call us to do. And, and next day he called us back and he put on the top of mine teaching and I remember the first time I taught go away it was in my home and I, I said first of all I can't I can't I can't he said you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you and you know <laughs> how did Anthony react to the fact that when he eventually discovered that you couldn't read and write how was he about it? Do you know, you know Anthony, he's the thorough gentleman, you know. He's just, he knew for years, he said. He knew for a long time. <laughs> he, he said he knew I was got, I got up my back, so he was afraid of his life to mention anything. So he just didn't say anything? He, he probably, he probably compensated. Yeah, he compensated for you in, in situations he where... He did, yeah. and he did. And you know something, and it, but it was that first mortgage, I think he had enough. He just wanted a mortgage, and he just did. But I can still feel the shame of what I felt. Did you ever that, have to uh, sign an X? I, that's what actually the bank man when we went down to the bank that day and we were doing all the forms and he was doing all the forms and I had yeah, of course and he had to explain, you know, before we went down that no, I couldn't read or write or what have you. And um so when we got down there he said, you know, all them farms that time I don't know if they're still the same, but you know how many farms you'd have to say. Loads. And then uh, loads. loads. So he said and I remember I had, I had the shakes, I thought I wanted to vomit and you know because that's the way I used to feel. Anything where reading and writing. Yeah, for you, for you that you couldn't. See. It's like us. It's like me trying being asked to read and write Chinese, for instance. Right? Yes, you know what I mean. So, and then he said, "Clet, uh, you can put an X there." And I remember I looked at him. I said, "I said I can sign my name." Like when you're talking, you know, Neil signing my name. The writing would have been shocking. You know what I mean. I know. But I was still, you know, I wasn't dead. And like to be quite honest. And still, thank God for computers like and You're banging and, uh, away on the keyboard. Thought, but would you think that there are many people, say, of our, of our generation that still can't there read is. and write? I reckon there is. Do you know years... Um, Hiding years it, like? Hi, oh, do you know something? It's the word, the thing that when I look at it now, I'm thinking, God, Claire, you could have got help. But you, were so, you think of all what you were called, you know, and then you look at people that, you know, can do this so easily, write and spell, and you're thinking, my God, like, how can they do that? And I remember when I started the book, it took me 12 months. There was no commas, there was nothing like that, you know what I mean? I just wrote. I think it's you incredible. Know, you went from somebody who couldn't read or write, signed your name with an X, um, and then you went on to write, <laughs> if, if I could hold you God again. Is, you know something, uh, 
God is good. He don't ever leave you where did he you, you. Did God. you ever make up for all of the lost time then? Because one of the most enjoyable pastimes that I had a kid was read as a kid was reading, and you missed all of those milestones. Do you books. know something? Now I have such an exciting life, Neil. It's just amazing. This is the month of March, Leanne's birthday and her anniversary, you know, Mother's Day, Patrick's Day, throw everything into March. But you know something, I'm just back from Africa, because I go to Africa every year except for the two years over COVID. And I go and I just, it's amazing the places I end up. And, you know, I look now and I'm out in, you know, Stefan Eva, CSN, and I'm doing general, I'm finishing in May. And you know something, the only thing that I'm failing at is math. <laughs> you know, Don't worry about that. <laughs> I was as bad as you. Oh my God. And you know, I was a calculator. Actually, I was talking to uh, Roger, he's a, um, a producer in RT, and I was telling him, I was saying, you know, Matt, is, I'm failing miserably at Matt. And he was like, join a long line, he said. I think he said, I have failed Matt. You're not alone. You know, You're not alone. No. You're never and like, alone. And like, here I am doing, you know, Communications, human biology, I finished. I'm on food nutrition. No, I should have done that years ago. I'd say I've been skinny, you know. <laughs> um, oh, I definitely would have been skinny because the teacher that we have, she's just amazing that you start looking into all the things you're eating. And I was thinking, I loved food, but yeah. I knew nothing about it, yeah. you know. Dieting then, makes you fat, girl. Oh, I don't know. I said I'm, I should have a body like Cindy Crawford for what I paid out in it, but I said I didn't work out. And, you know, I have a... I've, my main teacher is Ella Daly, you know, and she's after being really a rock, if I have to be truthful. So When I went in to meet her, I was very honest with her. I said, I still can't spell, you know what I mean? That, that, that You know, it's only that I can, I can work it with the, um, the iPad now and things like that and the, and the computer. The reading now is uh, is much better, and uh, so I told her, "Dan, it's God's truth." I said, "I'm here because God is telling me that I need to go further because I'm back teaching, uh, speaking in secondary schools." And I thought, "Look, all right." Uh, what do, What are you are you doing? Are you going to secondary schools to tell Leanne's story of? Uh, yes, I'd be called uh, I'm bullying and suicide. And but you know what they ask now? Do you know what the majority of, of secondary schools ask? Now? Tell me. Where do I get my peace and joy from? Without you your lovely that? daughter. And where, how do you answer yeah. that? Do I the students ask it. you that? They do, yeah. And you know, what happens, you see, at the end of it, I ask them to write, ask any question they want, and you don't put your name in it. And I'll answer the best way I can. If not, I says there's going to be the principal over there, or somebody will be to answer it. But you know something, the questions you will be very, very sad are very, very sad. You know, they're struggling mostly. When you think of it, like, sixth year, went into, sixth class went into second year. You know, they never had even the chance to go into first year, or, you know, and and they're feeling it. Yeah. And, you know, and then I, I'm asked, where do I go? Do you know what happened in the last school? And uh, the the principal told me, you know, that, uh, and it was through COVID. No, it was just after, you know, we were still doing the masks and doing what have you just before Christmas, and um, she said, we haven't really much going on here. And I thought to myself, you might think you have much. <laughs> but I can tell you, by the end of this session, because I do a, a few of them, I said, you're gonna have, your eyes are going to be open. Was the teacher and, trying know, to say, we don't have any issues with alienation, with no, bullying, uh, suicidal bullying, tendencies, or, or body image issues? Major, every school has it. 
she, she didn't feel that she had anything major. Well, you know something. At the end, of, uh, there was three classes I'd done that day. They bring in about 70 to 80 to 90, right? Ago. There could be fourth year, or there could be second year, or there could be, you know, fifth year. And then, um, but the second class that I spoke to, Neil, whatever I felt, my God, I felt that whoever was in that class was in a lot of trouble. So I stopped and I said, you know, I said, we're going to pray. And we're going to ask God for those that can't open their mouths and speak about what's going on in their life, that he'll give them a voice. And at the end of it, in the questions and the answers, in the questions, uh, they couldn't show me half of them. Why? Because they were so serious. Like, I even got a question, do you think Leanne is very happy where she is now? That's not an easy question to answer because, you know, you're talking to young people very vulnerable. I said, no, she isn't. Do you no, share Do wasn't. you share Leanne's diaries with them? I do. I share, they listen to the diaries of Leanne first because, you know, Radio 1 done that. So yeah. they went to all the secondary school. Yeah. So they listen to that. And I tell them then the effects of where we went to of how we didn't nearly make it, how my her brother didn't make it. And I explained to him, like, you, you might call somebody a name here today, but you don't know what went on in their home before they left. You don't know what's going on in their environment, their, you know, outside, uh, their extended family. Like you're, you're, you're actually reminding me of something that I dealt with on the air at the back end of last week, which is a traveller teenage girl who lives in a mobile home down in Little Island. And uh, they have no washing facilities and her clothes smell and it's all damp down there and she's she's getting grief and getting mocked and oh, Nate, in school because she's know. not she, she is clean like she's a yes. clean like but, but you don't know the, what's the going on in people's lives you don't know you know and she's very depressed now me. and doesn't want to go to school now because she's been yeah. mocked because of her clothes smelling a damn you know something me the principal told me at the end she said in a different school now right to would it be okay if she walked out and left me speak to the Good idea. Great idea. And I said, perfect. So when she went out, I went around to class. I said, do you call names? They said, no, we don't call names. I said, I, I said, I'm guilty of calling names in the past. And then they taught me the names, right? I went around to each of them. They taught me the names. And then I asked them, I said, would you like to be called them? What names? Oh, God, Neil, they have names. They're f- big one for is, is gay for young fellas no gay my god almighty it's not but if they're not you know what I mean yeah you know if they're into women or what have you you know what yeah. I mean they're labelling pizza face you know what I mean I didn't even know what pizza face was first until it was explained to is me. that you know somebody I mean? with acne is it yeah, yeah. you know fat ugly you name they've, they've names now and you know and I looked at them and I said to him, you know I said you know in ten years time you will meet these classmates do you want to be remembered for the person that made their life a living hell? Or do you want to be the person that be remembered and say, you know, that person was nice to me? Well, I said, I know everybody wants to be remembered for something nice. Why would you even go along with a crowd? Because there was bullying going on, a lot of bullying going on in the school. And I said, uh, why would you want to go on, you know, with the crowd? Because the crowd is doing it. I said, do you know, I said, when the Holocaust went down, do you know, I said, it started off, I said, with pictures being sent around there said if the Jews were big long noses yeah. and people yeah. were laughing caricatures and I said, yeah. And I said, yeah and I said it's that and I said but that nobody stood up and said I don't agree with this 
you know, I said, Leanne started her journey, I said, of bullying because she inter- intervened in somebody else's. She did, yeah, and they turned on and her. And I said, yeah. and it turned on her, but she still, I said, when she was only 15 and a half, wrote in her diaries, think of what you say to someone, it can leave a lasting effect. And, you know, I, I was only yesterday talking to a young girl in, in uh, CSN, and I could see, you know, I could see it in her knee. It, it stands out. And I said to her, I said, are you happy? And she said, I love it. I said, was it very, very hard in your, your school? She said, it was very, very hard. And I She's thought, trying to make up last time now, you see. Yeah, and they surround her now with help out their knees. Because I had nothing to bring to the school. Do you know, I had nothing. I went, I went out, you know, you know, not even, you know, just hoping, giving her a shot. And you know something now? I got 76% of my human biology. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> you couldn't make it up. You know what I mean? You know, I'm doing PowerPoint. Like the next time I speak in school now, I'll use the PowerPoint. Do you know what I mean? To show the photographs of Leanne, the different stages, you know what I mean? Of, you know, and then show the different schools that I do speak in because I have photographs of the different schools. Go on, you you're know? incredible. Would you encourage others then? And we'll chat again, don't you worry. It's an open door policy here. But would you encourage others now uh, who can't read, write, got held back, lost the opportunities to do what you did? I know that there's a coffee oh. morning. There's a coffee morning Friday morning, isn't there? Friday, March the 25th. Friday uh, week, yeah, 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 yeah. Would you encourage people to just go, I'd turn I'd encourage up. them to go now to this and see for themselves. And it's very daunting for people that have no education or, or find reading and writing hard. They kind of, you know, they step away from things like this because they think it's not for them. But not I, if you're going we, into an environment where there are like-minded people. No, and they're just amazing. Do you know what I love about it? They encourage you, you know, like they say, sometimes when you go to college that the majority, when they, there's a big crowd can go, but a, a lot fall away, you know, around the, the Christmas time or what have you. And I looked around, there wasn't really much fall away from this, you know, because the encouraging is there. Do you know, like I remember uh, Ella telling me even when I opened the, the laptop and I was looking at her, I didn't even know, do you know what, uh, she said, uh, uh, do return. I didn't even know what return was. I had to Google it underneath the, the desk. Yeah, I didn't even know. I had to Google it underneath with my uh, my phone. Where, what, what's the return key? And then I, I said to her, I said, I don't know. She said, listen, you cannot break a laptop unless you fall on the ground. I like, I look now and I do folders, subfolders, <laughs> you know, Excel. I can't, <laughs> you know? I can't do I any said, of that. I can't do yeah, any of that. I said, do you know, it's just, an, and I'm back to signing up now for September for social studies, and I know that they were, I know I'm after being assessed, they got me assessed and all mean, do you know what I mean? And to show that I'm dyslexic and that I can be exempt now from uh, spellings because what communication, your spellings have to be, oh my God, because, and it'll be one of the subjects that I'll be going on to do. And I'd say there was a lot of kids who were dyslexic back in the day, wasn't even diagnosed as dyslexia way back in the day. And they were being labelled as, remember the terms that we use, slow, stupid, thick, well, I remember the, the words know, were dancing on the page in front of Take us you know, to plants. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I look now and I think, do you know, they weren't teachers, me. I don't care what you say. It has to be your calling. When you see that passion behind somebody, it's their calling. Well, look, if I, if I, I were to... because ass- you're on yeah. radio, yeah. but I hear you and I see the passion. And from the very first day, do you know, that passion was there. 
it's what you love doing. And I know you love trying other things because I know with the food and with the well, that you have tried other this things. Isn't, this isn't about me, but if I, if I was to assess you, I would just assess you as one of the world's most beautiful people. That's it. Simple <laughs> as that. that. Do you know, oh, glory to God. Do you know something, Neve? I have a wonderful life. And do you know something? Even now, I look at, you know, even how things are changing, even in the church. We were the two white people that went into that church. Yeah. We were the first two white people. And you look now at the young people that's in there. They're that, all on know, the journey, aren't they? They're all, a lot of people they're are searching, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're looking searching. for... Do you know, they're looking for a better that way. Yeah. A better, do you know, at the end of the day, Neil, you can have all the money you want. But if you haven't peace and you can't lie down at night and close your eyes, do you know the anniversary and our birthday is coming up now? My children still find a habit because they're not where I am yet. They're getting there. But like I said to Trina on the phone because she's in Canada, and I said, Trina, go to Jesus, girl. We tried everything else. I go to Africa, Neve. And I remember the first year I went, I said, my God, what have they here that we haven't in Ireland? And I looked. We have counsellors, we have friends, we have everything before we go back to God, back to basics. And you know something? We'll talk, and of, the, you, we'll talk of the Africa story in our next conversation, I think. <laughs> what do you yeah. think? Oh, Neil, you away. Millions come together. So, CSN are having their uh, happy morning. Uh, Friday, 25th of March. Friday week, 10 o'clock in the morning. I'll give out a, I'll give out a contact number. Will you be there? And, oh, of course. Right. An experience, something that they will really So anybody that feels that they would like to make a difference in their life, whether it's reading, so whether it's writing, uh, any of those other courses, and you'll be there to welcome them. Friday week, 10 o'clock, <laughs> CSN, Colossus to Siofonefa on the Tremor Road. Listen, look <laughs> after yourself. Great chatting. Me, we'll chat bless, again. God bless and thank you. Take care. Thank you. God bless. God wonderful bless. girl, wonderful woman. Colette Wolf wrote, If I could hold you again with her husband Anthony, A Daughter's Secret Torment from Bullying. And it's a book that every family should read. If you need any further details with regards to CSN, it's a Cork number, 496 1020. Two zero. You might wish to pass it on to someone you know, uh, and it could make a difference to their life. Friday week uh, at ten in the morning. My apologies to all other calls. I'll come back after ten. I'm Rory, and I'm Valerie, and you can join us for the very best in local, national, and international sport every weekend on the Big Red Bench. That's the Big Red Bench every Saturday and Sunday from six on Cork's Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Frienderville Show And you can text 0868104106 I was mentioning this morning and I hear the news talking about it as well the numbers are as high now as they were in January if you look at the last three days 31,000 COVID cases I only mention that because of you know, I, what, what I perceive to be uh, a lot is left to be desired when it comes to uh, COVID vaccination and boosters, whether it's at vaccination HSC centres, whether it's at um, pharmacies or at GPs. I was saying earlier this morning that you can forget about City Hall. That's gone. You can forget about North Main Street if you're trying to get a, a, an appointment. There are zero appointments. Every single day I check zero, zero, zero. The only availability is down in Bantry if you want to go to a HSC centre. So what happens then, for instance, if you wanted to go and uh, get a, a vaccination or a booster at a pharmacy. Well, uh, we checked in with 10 of them and uh, COVID vaccines and boosters in pharmacies. The HSE website provides a list of pharmacies county by county that are giving out vaccines and boosters. Um, but 50% of them um, aren't actually giving vaccines and boosters, even though 
the HSC have them listed on their website, or at least five out of the ten that we spoke to. So we got in touch with ten pharmacies this morning, Middleton, Mitchellstown, Mill Street, Gronabraher, Kinsale, three in the city centre, Ross Carberry and Blarney. So it covers a wide range. Yes, of the ten that we called, five are still giving out boosters by appointment. They do have some walk-in service and operation, but it depends on the amount of staff that they have at work on the day. So for walk-ins, it's dependent on how many staff. Other than that, five of them, um, you can get an appointment. Four have stopped. Four pharmacies have stopped since January. Um, and they are still listed on the HSE system as being available for boosters and vaccines, but they're not given them. And one listed on the HSE that we got in touch with uh, never was on, never was given them out in the first place, but are still listed on the system. So five are given out boosters, the other five are not. Now pharmacies are offering vaccines with a mixture of appointments and walk-ins. Some of waiting lists, but they said the waiting list isn't too long, but they do encourage appointments to secure a, a place. One pharmacy not doing them directed us to a different local pharmacy who are. Uh, and the pharmacy who is is not listed on the HSE website at all. And then many prominent city centre pharmacies uh, were contacted and they never did them at all. Uh, And they in turn then point many people in direction to other clinics and other pharmacies that are. So to me, it all seems a bit up in the air and a bit of a mess, a bit of a dog's dinner, Uh, particularly while at the same time we're talking about 31,000 cases uh, and whether or not it was right to get rid of masks as quickly as we did. You got Cheltenham coming up. Is that going to be a problem? You got more and more people socializing. It will be in the four or five days. Now, I'm not in any way trying to put the fear of God into people, but even a member of the com- elderly community said to me yesterday, um, uh, I think we should all go back to masks. This is getting a bit scary again. So there are people who are worried and alarmed at the numbers. And it seems to me, looking at the vaccines and boosters, a lot more could be done. I think we're possibly asleep on the wheel at that one. Text 0868104106. Back after the break. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. And you can text 0868104106. I'm joined by Michelle O'Connor. This is absolutely tragic. Mar- Michelle, good morning. Good morning. How are you? This is just awfully sad. Your brother, Niall, who's from yeah. Cork, um, mm-hmm. went and settled down in the UK, married Kirsty, came back home at the weekend, the two of them, to a wedding, and Kirsty died at the wedding. Yeah. Just yeah. dropped dead. She was standing outside the door having a cigarette um, with my partner and my brother's partner, um, Jessica, and literally just, we think, lost her footing and fell and banged her head and just died. She was waiting an hour for the ambulance. There was a doctor on the scene. She'd done everything she possibly could. And then they worked on her for about 25 minutes in the ambulance, but she she was pronounced dead at the wedding. Good God. With all of her friends and relations around her. Yep, yep. And it was such a, it was such a beautiful day. And she saved like crazy to buy the tickets for herself and I to come back. There, they have three beautiful children, um, Robin, Darcy, and Sonny. Um, they're all five, three, and two. And she saved so hard because they didn't have it. And she gave Niall a surprise Christmas that he was coming home for the wedding. He whose, didn't think he was going to be able to. Whose wedding was it? It was my cousin Kate and her beautiful wife, Susan. So it was just an amazing day for all of us because 
when the gay referendum came out, I went around to all the houses and made every member of the family get up and vote. And, and then it was just such such a wonderful day and the two brides were absolutely gorgeous and we were all very emotional because of that. And then this happened and we're just dead. And Niall had to call, get in touch. Are the kids back in the UK? The kids are in the UK with um, Kirsty's mum and um, her stepfather, Marek, and they're there and we're trying to, at the moment, so we were in Carlo when it happened. The wedding was in Carlo, yeah. They had to take her to Waterford Hospital and then we had to get her from up there, down here, and now we have to get her from here over to the UK. Uh, how is, but and how is your brother Niall bearing up? He's just an emotional wreck. He's just walking back and forth and back and forth. He just he just can't believe it. None of us can believe it. Every morning when you wake, it's just like, is she really gone? So fast and so sudden and so tragic. Yeah, just a freak just like accident. When she, when she fell, um, Neil, I actually like just thought, okay, she's after falling. She's going to be embarrassed. And it's like, come on, get up, get up. And she just never woke never woke none of us none of us realised it was as serious as it was you were there witnessing it witnessing it happening yeah, yeah. Um, uh, my, my sister-in-law Jessica never left her side not for one second and um, it was just it was absolutely awful we genuinely none of us none of us thought that, like we thought okay she's going to end up in hospital it's serious but she's going to be okay but they were working on her in the ambulance and when they came out of the ambulance and they said we're sorry, she's gone. We can't do no more. It was just, sur- it was, it was, it was like something out of a nightmare. <sighs> God, it's just like, like can oh. this really, like, who goes to a wedding and dies? Do you know? It's absolutely tragic, and I'm getting the impression a young woman. Yeah, yeah, she was literally only turned forty, and if like we put a picture up of um, Kirsty, and it's she's just she loved her curls and her makeup and her eyelashes and she was just an amazing, an amazing mother. The two girls, Robin and Darcy, their little girls, I know. They, they wore matching outfits and I've never met, I'm a mother myself of three, but this woman, like they didn't go out unless they had the same socks. And she saved so hard for the flight tickets yeah. and to come back for yeah. the wedding and get a new, you know, new dress yeah. and clobber and all that goes with it. Yeah. Gave it to gave it to Niall as a Christmas present. You're saying? Yeah. I mean, it was a surprise. I was actually on uh, FaceTime with them when she done it, and when she told him, and she gave him the card Christmas Eve, and um, she was like, "We're going home. We're going home." And it was her first time because Kirsty was pregnant. Um, my my younger brother passed away through suicide and she was pregnant so she couldn't come home for God, funeral to I, support him and then she got pregnant and she couldn't come home for my dad's funeral and this wedding was meant to be a happy time for my brother to come home it's where all the family funeral. would have been together yeah. and you know we've had two hell of year two, two bad years with regards to yeah. families not being yeah. able to gather and the wedding was supposed to be about that yeah and that where are you, where's your family from? Toker. Toker. Yeah. And is Kirsty is she in a is she in a funeral home now? Is she CUH or she's is she? In, at she's in Turner's Cross at the moment. So myself and all the girls from our family are going over, and we're doing her makeup ourselves, and we're doing her curls the way she liked her curls. When? And, 
um, we're hoping to get over about two o'clock, oh three o'clock to do oh our makeup. And my brother is trying to get a flight tonight to go back to his three children, and then he has to come back, and then we have to get Kirsty home to the UK. And, and how's that working out? Is is that a straightforward thing? No, no, it's it's a lot of paperwork and. They, they, they need um, like they, because of COVID, they have to get clearance for this and for that, and it's it's just it's it's unreal and it's like a tongue twister. You can't even, you know, it's just you're you're so confused. You're ringing this person and that person, and you know, and all he keeps saying is, "I need to get her home. I need to get her home." Mm, mm. And when we put up the GoFundMe page mm. last night, it was he worded it out, and it's like. A, it's a big long and we were kind of going but that's what he wanted to say he's just like help me get my wife home it's called the 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 term is repatriation i know it sounds like a very cold word but that's what they call it but because we we're looking at citizens information on this earlier and it's it's very costly to have a body repatriated from one country to another yeah. um, and yeah. and some actually were suggesting that if if you're planning on bringing a body from one country to another to have the, that loved one cremated you're as well off to do it in Ireland and have the ashes sent. It can be that costly. Do you know what I'm saying to you? Yes, and we discussed this yesterday, but Kirsty is one of two children and Kirsty's mother, it was her first time ever minding the three children yeah. for Kirsty. Yeah. And um, oh my God. her mother needs to see her. Uh, no, and this, this I know. why we can't do that. I know, no, I know. Oh, no, I'm just but, telling you. Uh, the point I'm making is it's not cheap. A funeral no, director, not. though, can sort all of it by all accounts. Oh yes, and and this is and this is what we are doing. But it's the cost. You have a cost. You do. Here. Yeah. You have a yeah. big cost over there. There's all these flights, and then on top of it, no, he's he was the breadwinner of the family. He went out and worked. They have a mortgage. No, he has three small children under five to look after. He's not going to be able to work. To work, he can't even function. Will he be all right over there? I mean, it's like... Well, uh, we're arranging... My daughter, Kendall, is actually flying over with my brother, Rory, to, tonight, and they're going staying with him. And then, before they come back, someone else is going to go over. So we have this as well. We're going to have to keep going back and forth. And my cousin, Kate, and her mom, Mary, they've been amazing, and they're trying their best to help. And it, it's just... And, and it was their day as well. Do you know, and this happened. It's just you you just can't believe it. You can't believe it. Like who goes to a wedding for something like this to happen? You just like, yeah. the last thing yeah. I think. You might have you know, and then you might have a slip or a fall or whatever the case may be, but you know, not to die. God. And you know, there's no financial assistance given by the Irish government. I mean you're you're on your own on that. No. No, there's there's no assistance. And, you know, unless there's all. travel insurance that kicks in or private medical cover, but you know, if you don't have that then no, she doesn't have that either. You're talking so. about many, many thousands, aren't you? Yeah. We're talking, like we put the target up for 10. It has reached this target, but when we put it up last night, nobody knew what these costs were going to be. And what does he do after all this is over and done with? What does he do then? How does he support his children? How does he pay his mortgage? Do you know? And it's just, we're just trying to get as much as we possibly can for And of course him. he now, I know he's got a lot of family and he's got your family and mm-hmm. his, his wife's family to, to help him along but he is, he is, he's doing the rearing now of three small children. Yeah, yeah. And their, their daughter Darcy 
um, has a, a very rare condition called glastosemia. And she, there's so many things because it's a very rare condition. They don't know yet what her future is going to entail, what help she's going to I need. I know, I know. And it's all that to do with. I'm, I'm, I'm 100% uh, behind hoping to get that uh, GoFundMe as high as you can possibly get it for all of the reasons that you've described. Thank but you so much. Um, is there a flight organised? Do you have a time? Is there, a, you know, is she, is she... Well, the only, at the moment, he hasn't even seen... Um, Kirsty, she's in Turner's Cross now at the moment and we're going to go over in the minute to do her makeup as I said and then Niall is going to see her before he gets on his flight tonight. His flight is at 25 to 8 tonight and he has to, even though they're in Birmingham he's in Wolverhampton in Birmingham the only flight we could get him was to Manchester so somebody would pick him up from Manchester with my brother and my daughter and bring him home and he has to give his three children the bad news that their mummy is never coming home. Oh, my God. I know. I know. And how are you? Are you okay? I mean, it's a difficult, you know, job. Maybe it's a job of love this afternoon. How are you feeling about that? It's just, we're just all trying to keep strong for him because we're saying to him, um, we're here for you. You lean on us, but you need to be strong for your three kids. So we're just trying to hold him up. And it's it's just, we had a nightmare when my brother passed away, Emmett, and Toker was just absolutely amazing when Emmett died. But it's like now we're just trying to keep together for him. It's just, it's unbelievable. Well, all of Toker will remember, will remember Niall O'Connor. Yeah. 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 They were, they were amazing when Emmett even passed the night then. They're, and I know they'd be amazing now tonight. Yeah, but it's just, yeah, yeah. it's just unbelievable. For all Emmett. Yeah. Um, what's the funeral home in Turns Cross? Um, O'Sullivan's, O'Sullivan's, I think, yeah. Cross, yeah. yeah, and they'll do everything necessary to organise. They're, they're, they're brilliant. They they were there for us when Emmett passed and when my dad passed last year. Yeah. They were there for us. They're, they're local, they're part of the community. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Okay, so help me get my wife home to the UK at a target of 10 grand, but it's a longer road than that. And if yeah. anybody wants yeah. to give whatever they can, we are talking about, um, you know, this is Cork, one of our own. Um, it's just so tragic, you know. Life can be so cruel, and it, it can it, like mm-hmm. life can be just ended just so quickly, you know. So fast, so fast, so fast. It was just hard to see. She was smiling, and oh, she was absolutely gorgeous. She was beaming all day long, and then this happened, and everybody was so happy to be actually. No, is it no? Is it any wonder you wake up saying, "Ah, it was a nightmare. This did not happen." Yeah. I know. And it's been it's been a nightmare of two years. My sister got COVID at the very start, or Shirley, and I was we were all just like all of us for one time, all together, not worrying about COVID, not worrying about this, and then this happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there a removal from Turner's Cross or you know, from O'Sullivan's? No. It'll no. just be um just family. Just we just go over. The, uh, there's not going to be any service here. Very sad. Very sad. Yeah. And like the wedding was in, um, it was like an old estate house, big, huge estate thing, and it was just a very um, eerie feeling when she left. And I, I had a fear that the house is going to keep her. And I just asked all my fr- family before we left, can we just go up and pray just to give her back to us? How do you mean when you say that, Michelle? Explain that. It was just. Like, I just felt like this house was so old. This was a really old estate house. 
and it was just like, do you know, do you ever see like in a horror, this, this the whole situation was just like a horror movie. And it was just like, give her back to us. Like, just leave us, take her with us and her soul. That her soul and spirit would, would not remain there, that it would... Exactly, yeah, that's what yeah, I mean. Not yeah. be trapped there, if you like. Not be trapped there, yeah. Yeah, yeah I know, I know, I know. Listen, I thank you. Prayed. Listen, everybody prayed. Yeah. 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 Not an easy conversation to be having at any time, but thank you for coming on air. Would you mind staying in touch as well? Just let us know what the plan is and how things are going. And, we will. Uh, and, we uh, and we'll drive on the, the GoFundMe. Uh, GoFundMe, of course. You can find it on a Google search. Help me get my wife home to the U- UK. And uh, we'll mention that over the coming days, all right? Thank you so much. Thank okay, you. okay. And best of luck to you and good luck this afternoon. You're doing a wonderful thing for your brother. Thank you. All right, Michelle, Bye-bye. take care. Cheers. Bye-bye. That fund at the moment is at 12,693, but it's as good a cause as I've come across in a long, long time. And I've seen a lot of them. That's just tragic. Back after the break, text 0868104106. We're also sharing the link uh, to GoFundMe on our Facebook and Twitter pages right now. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at NeilRedFM. 104 to 106 Red FM. I have heard my conversation on air with a very upset Vanessa yesterday who travelled all the way from the county into the city and out to Balancholic. She had a, a hospital appointment, uh, a doctor's appointment, but needed to use a bathroom. So she went to a coffee shop to use the toilet and was refused. She was told she'd have to buy something first. She said, I know, I'm just absolutely desperate. I have to use the bathroom, then I'll get the coffee. And they said, no. Coffee first, then toilet. A um, lot of text on that. Here's the selection. Uh, under trading laws and planning laws, Neil, Pat says, toilets in places of trade are public toilets and the signs of toilets for customers are irrelevant. Um, another one, I was in the hospitality business for years and we were so tired of passers-by calling in to use bathroom facilities and treating them like public toilets. We never objected to anyone using our facilities once they asked and they didn't have to pay that businesswoman was completely out of order, um, as in the cafe was out of order. Uh, any establishment or their staff behaving like this uh, on the use of their toilets should be recorded, posted all over social media, named and shamed. No, not, not a fan of that. Carry on. Um, so upset for that lady, the place should be named. Uh, we should boycott coffee shops that behave this way. The woman was in distress. What a horrible person to do this. Job well done, belittling a woman that needed help. Not grief. Tell people what coffee shop this if you can on air. Just ahead of me, just ahead of me doing that, um, Vanessa then had an accident because she couldn't use the bathroom. When I say accident, you know what I mean. She had to leave. Um, and you know, when you're caught, you're caught, when you're caught short, you're caught short. And at some stage, um, you can't hold her anymore. So that, that is sad. Now, that's the Chapel Gate Cafe in Balancholic. Now, I, I want to say something that's very important. The Chapel Gate Cafe is run by the Brothers of Charity. And some of the staff in the Chapel Gate Cafe are service users of the Brothers of Charity and they're working there. Now, please don't ask me to say any more than that. You'll know exactly what I'm saying. Okay, so please bear that in mind and cut them some slack in that regard. Um, so we have been in touch with uh, Chapel Gate Cafe run by the Brothers of Charity uh, we've made a number of calls to them for comment. Um, haven't had anything back from them. And even if I don't at this stage, I'm not too bothered because they will know about it. Uh, and I'm quite sure that they run a great service and that everything is, is, is by and large very efficient and well, run very well. 
bear in mind that service users of the Brothers of Charity work in the Chapelgate Cafe. And we got to cut them some slack in that regard. Uh, enough said on that. So maybe we could put this down to just one isolated incident. Uh, but for all cafes, of course, and I understand that cafes and restaurants probably are plagued by people traipsing in and out. But, you know, you need, you need, you need to you know, deal with every situation as it unfolds. And in the case of Vanessa, I would hate to think this would happen to anybody else who would, you know, go in to use a bathroom and then say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have a coffee, but I just need to use the loo first and I get the coffee. For God's sake, would you please say, okay, off you go, use the loo, order when you come back. I mean, it's just the right thing to do. It's just common sense. So thank you for uh, your text on that one. So hopefully a lesson will have been learned there. Um, and of that, you can be sure. If a lesson is learned, that it won't happen again. So I'm about to carry on uh, within uh, Cork City churches being used by, unfortunately, people who are shooting up and doing drugs in the churches. And I was mentioning um, one or two churches yesterday. Uh, somebody says to me, the drug user o- users are also in St. Francis Church at 10 o'clock in the morning between the outer and the inner doors, shooting up and doing drugs. Uh, maybe at this stage we need security at the doors of our churches. Uh, I was talking about St. Peter and Paul's uh, Saturday morning. I was in there. Not a pretty sight. Um, meanwhile, a lot of people then talking about Ukraine with different texts on Ukraine, which will come back to throughout the course uh, of the morning. But keep your text coming. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. And we're back after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now on the new number 0818104106. Ah, yes. Having dodged COVID for two years, religiously worn my mask and sanitized constantly, I went out for a night two weeks ago in Cork City and let my guard down. I caught COVID and I've been flummoxed ever since, despite being triple jabbed. Cases are rising in hospitals. Just look at the stats. Jerry Buttermer is 100% right. We removed masks too early, says Gary. Now, without wanting to put uh, any fear of God into anyone or anything, um, but I think it may be the old sanitizer bottles again and uh, sanitizing the hands. Don't know about the masks, guys. That's just completely and utterly down to yourselves. But the numbers um, would appear to be a, a worry. Um, text 0868104106. You can pick up the phone on 0818104106. That's exactly what John Quilligan did. We spoke to John actually last week. There might be an update with regards to Sarah and Tommy Gray down in Little Island. John, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Uh, last time I spoke, I spoke to you and to Sarah. So have there been, is there an update since? I tell you, Neil, there, yeah. Neil, being honest, it's a disgrace what's going on. Um, Tommy got the bus out to my own place there yesterday, okay? Where's that? In Matton. I live in Matton. Neil. Okay, okay. And, uh, have you your own Neil, place there? You have your own I, home? I, I have a council house out there, nice Neil, one. yeah. Nice one. Yeah. And um, he comes out, Neil, he comes out to me, and, you know, and I'll be honest with you, Neil, he ended up uh, talking to me, broke down crying. Uh, they got a phone call, I believe, yesterday evening sometime, because I was speaking to him yesterday morning, and he never said anything, everything was okay. Can um, I just say yeah. to you, I don't want to know any names of any of the people that he's dealing with, with council or anything to do with the with land. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know who he's dealing with, but then did I got to end up getting a phone call on your Neil Basie and stating that um, he'll have to go into the council by Wednesday tomorrow. They uh, said Wednesday, so I take it tomorrow, Neil. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, by Wednesday today, and what he's going to have to do is. Um, one second there now, Neil. I just have to press back just a small bit over another person there. Um, what he have to do is basically, Neil, is uh, present himself and his family homeless. 
Yeah, where in at City Hall is yeah, it? At the City Hall, yeah. yeah. They're going to have to go in on the Wednesday. No, obviously it was the twenty-eight Neil. The, um, the that's the yeah. That's that's actually a step in the right direction, you know. Right, I don't know Neil. Being honest, yeah, I don't Neil. He was on crying now yesterday. Neil, he was there. Like obviously, if he they stayed. They, what they stayed at first was Neil that he have no other choice but to go back to Little Island. Um, back to the, the mobiles and they explained that they were damp and stuff. So yeah. he says, well, it's either that or present yourself homeless. So obviously Tom with the kids, he doesn't know what story is. He's going to be open streets deals with the, the kids or whatever story is. No, I because mean, what would happen next now is if you present homeless, they would come up with some form of accommodation. I don't know that it would be Mammy, Daddy and the seven kids together, though. That's the only thing. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know, Neil. But obviously, with the um, well, they kind of would have to sit together, Neil, with the sickness of the kids, you know, because they, um, obviously the the two twins are there on bits and pieces, along with the other kids. That's obviously uh, they are Neil as well, you know. Yeah, so yeah. Like Sarah, it'll be a lot for Sarah to take on as seven kids in the, in, in one, say, a hostel and Tom Tone and another. It could, it could be, it could be that. All right, there could be split like that. You know, you know, I'd be honest, Janine, like giving them pause, giving pause hope they are taking them up before Christmas, putting them into obviously a landlord's home. Yeah. Um, they have seen whatever, but putting them into a landlord's home and having them there before the Christmas and giving them fast in the, the Oh, no, hope, the like, conditions they're in are atrocious. I mean, absolutely. Well, no, not even uh, like the conditions is in, uh, obviously, uh, in Little Island is not great. But to put them into the city, into a five bedroom house, is which is obviously central heat and what happened to to put him into that and give him hope at least. He was getting hope. He thought he was obviously they were going to sort him out of place because right. he was told that he stay, he's to stay there until they have a suitable accommodation for him. And he's now been told they have to go on and the 28th. Yeah, we remember. Now, yeah. 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 It was yeah. 28th, yeah. The 28th, sorry. It was the 28th. But now they're after bringing it forward to Wednesday. As in, as in, from tomorrow, they're out of the five-bedroom house? Yes, they're out of the five-bedroom house. And they're uh, back in Little Island from tomorrow, home, present homeless. Go down, yeah. yeah, go back down to Little Island. There's nothing they can do for them. Put them back down to Little Island, basically. Go back down. As you see, okay. the, 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 the mobile is not, um, is not one base livable, be honest about We it, did, you know? yeah, oh, I know. I've seen the pictures and the videos. I've had the chats. The Cork County Council said to us that they're not holding any accommodation for Ukrainian refugees, as was suggested by Sarah. Now, she says they did say it to her. No, they no, said, no, 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 like, Neil does a, I obviously can't give a name, obviously. No, I don't want no names. GDPR has changed everything in that regard, so yeah, we can't no, do there's, yeah. there's a lady... There, I'm not interested, lady. no, and, and I'm, really, I'm really not interested in that. I, I just can't go there. We just need to be careful with regards to identifying anybody. You can identify somebody, lads, by not even giving their name. So that, we, we checked with them and they, they denied that it was said. I'm, I'm not saying that Katrina that, sorry, I'm not saying that Sarah isn't telling the truth, it's just I'm telling you what this council said back to us. If you pres- the council is not going to admit to it, Neil, I'll be honest with you, they're not going to admit to it, they're very hidden like that, like they were in my own time, Neil, being honest Yeah, you but you have, a, you have a council house. I end up I end up getting it, Neil, yeah, I had to be honest with you, Neil, the only way I got my council home, I had to pull a caravan at the time outside the city hall. Did you? I did indeed. Away. And that was only, I'm, um, I was going back uh, 11 years now, Neil, I'm 11 years in my house. And, and even in saying that, Neil, when they handed my accommodation, my house at the time, and this has been honest about it, when they handed the house at the time to me, they stated that they would be ready in two weeks if I do the decorating myself. Or if they need to do the decorating, it would take a month. Obviously, Neil, it was a tiny caravan we were in at the time. And How I many were in that caravan? Uh, there was three of us at the time, Neil. Three now, how long did you leave it at City Hall? 
Ah, I I put in up the um, I put in up long weekend uh, Neil and at the time they came out blah blah but I know it was a kind of wrong time so I rang the gym the following morning Jim meets when I said to him so Jim oh, sorry after the weekend coming I said uh, long weekend after being over I said Jim I said you think I'm missing I said I'd be pulling out and this time it will be up because I put in a Friday at the time um, right long weekend did anyone off. come along guards come along to well, the, 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 the guard came the Neil at the time the guard came and right. I had the, the caravan hooked on to the, um, my car yeah, and the guardy, the guardy came at the time, and he said, "He said, the most I'm not." So he says, "I'll put a ticket." He says, "I'll put a ticket." He said, "That on the car." He says, "I'm walking around the block, and every time I walk around, if you're still here, he says, I will put a ticket." And I told him, "Walk away, ticket away." That I want to get into the courthouse to fight for to get a home for my kids. Did they ticket your car over and over then? They didn't. They didn't. Neil, be honest. They All didn't. Right. He did. It was, um, How quickly was, after that did you get the house? Uh, Neil, a few. Uh, I say, Neil, about. About two and a half weeks uh, later, Neil, I got a phone call off of Jim. I'm not interested in anybody's names. You got a phone call in the office. And you got the house in Mahan. I got it in Mahan. Yeah, I got a phone call off the office there that they have uh, a four-bedroom house for me in (laughs) Mahan. Because you because you parked the caravan outside City Hall. I parked up outside the City Hall at the time, Neil. Being honest, yeah, we were getting the run around there with a long time again. Same thing. We wasn't allowed to get this and we wasn't allowed to get that, you know. Okay. And how things been? How have things been down in Mahan since? Happy out? Oh, Neil, don't come on. As I said the last time on your show, we're in Mahan. We're, we're all alive from Mahan, and you Neil, don't come on. But brilliant neighbours are fantastic. What yeah. happens, you know? Yeah. Like we're all fantastic down Mahan. All the neighbours are fantastic. We get on brilliant with one another down here at the end of the day. Okay. But okay. In the in answer, Neil, like where the time is concerned, if time had to go back down to this mobile. Um, obviously, he's not trying to go back down to the mobile because I couldn't even see Tommy being answered like where Sarah's there and the kids being thrown into one hostel and Tommy being in another. They could be split up temporarily. They could, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but but but, they, um, but that mightn't happen though. You don't know what could happen. Hoping, hoping it's not now, happen can I can I just can I just tell you that if following my conversation with you and with Sarah, a lot of people got in touch listening to this program, and many of them were quite critical of somebody that would be living in conditions like that and have seven children. As in, I heard, why, uh, I, would I, you like to respond to, as to why? I will, Neil. Yeah. I, 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 will, I will be honest. Yeah. I was actually, Neil, believe it I heard that morning show and all that, okay? No. But one thing, Neil, I heard a few there speaking. Now, there was a few good, uh, good callers, in fairness, to them there, right? Yeah, well, it's firstly, good. you can't blame children for the predicament. No, you really. can't, Neil. Yeah. No, no. no, you can't. Don't run. At the end of the day, Neil, kids are innocent and all this. Right, they didn't ask to be brought into this world and be thrown down in a mobile home or or whatever way where to be and many kids don't wrong in different circumstances, okay? Yeah. Yeah. But I heard uh, there was a lad there made a phone call and stating about sixty thousand, eighty thousand pound of a care. Okay, that Tom is driving. No, no, no. He wasn't talking about Tom. I don't know what Tom drives. That sometimes you see travellers living in yeah, no, he was on about the, the car and the, the, the sibling was the, the Yoko Mahab job. But is he, is he like, driving a 60 grand car? Neil, if Tom was driving a 60 grand car, I can assure you, I wouldn't be on this radio station. No, I know, I know. So I know. Tom, don't come around. Yeah. Tom, is, Tom is getting the bus is what Tom is using. Yeah, I know. I don't think it was about right. him. It's about, it's people, people would say, why is it that... They were saying the travellers basically they have this and they have that. Now, Neil, being honest you, like... Fair enough, there's a, everyone is entitled to have a bit of a no-care, reliable care need or whatever the story is. But 
if Tom if Tom had 60,000 80,000 I can assure you it'd be a mortgage Tom be looking for yeah yeah I know it I know it I know I, I know that no d- people I mean they did generalise saying that sometimes they, you might see members of the travelling community living in in situations that aren't ideal but there's always loads of cash and, the, and there's brand new big SUVs and 4x4s outside and they're wondering how you know but they, uh, Neil, that's what I was well at the end of the day Neil where the answer I would have the upper end Neil be true blue job as good as the, the travelling community or the settled community out there, okay? Yeah. No. As good as the travelling community and the settled community, it's all the same. They can go there, Neil, at the end of the day and get probably a, a loan out there or whatever the story is to get their care or whatever it is. There's a lot of, there's a lot of settled people that's finding it very hard, Neil. Okay? But you could be driving a good ball of care because they have to get a loan probably out of the, the, the banks or the credit unions yeah, or yeah, yeah, whatever, you know what yeah. I mean? They're paying back for either way, no matter what way it is. But Neil, there was another comment made there the other day of the same lad about, the same man I'm on about, no, don't wrong. There was, um, there was another comment there made of the monthly money and the weekly money. Could be upwards okay. of 700 euro a week coming in right. in welfare payments. Neil, does, I tell you now, you're getting, you're getting 32 euro a week you have to, to take care of a child, okay? Now, let that be a newborn baby, or let that be a little 16-year-old, 17-year-old, whatever, okay? Now, time you get nappies, baby food, and all that kind of carry on. 32 euro wouldn't go long, Neil. No, and if you're no looking at If you're looking at 140 euro, Neil, right? 140 euro per child children's allowance, okay? A month, yeah. You, a month, yeah. Right? A month. You go in, Neil, there, uh, into a shop. You get a pair of Nike Air Max runners. They're 140 quid. Now. Ah, yeah, but they, they, you don't buy Nike Air Max runners if you no, can't no, afford them. You I buy 20 don't. euro runners. Right. Obviously, Neil, don't run. But I'm just saying for our sake, if you want a decent <laughs> pair of uh, kids, and, and, and Neil, uh, as a fellow would say, if you go into about a job in the morning, say an interview or whatever, your, your approach and the way your hair is, your shoes and the way you're dressed. You have to be presentable, oh, yeah. yeah. Right, presentable, yeah. So... Kids then, obviously, it's, it's, it's the modern time of the year, uh, Neil, at the end of the day. It's not back in our days. They right? want when their kids to fit in, certainly the teenagers Well, obviously, you're going to have the kids fitting in, Neil. You're going to try and get them fitting in somewhere. But is there any... Mo- would the, I mean, I, stop me if I'm prying, but is there any wage coming in or anything, no? Oh, oh, Neil, how is the wage coming in, in fairness, at the end of the day? Like, for argument's sake, there's a wage. Uh, social welfare payment. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. At the end of the day, Neil. I know both my, my, the, anyone else, Neil, out there, don't wrong, if they find the, that they're struggling as much as you will struggle on the door, Neil. At the end of the day, the people are making out the door to be marvellous money. No, I tell you, Neil, no, don't wrong, no. the time that... You know, the, no, the, two, the two things were, it's 980 in children's allowance a month and other. The, the, the real issue people had was having seven children, I think. You know, that sometimes you need to be responsible. If you can't Neil, rear them, don't have them. You know, that well, kind of it, it, well, in fairness, Neil, in fairness, you can see points of people there, okay? Yeah, Everyone yeah. have their point, their own opinion, okay? Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day... Travellers okay, have we, big we, families, maybe, bigger well, than most. Uh, travellers, travellers did have big families, Neil, okay? Yeah. Did, did, like, oh, that's all they ever really had around mm. each other was uh, a huge family and have love and, uh, and yeah, what have you. Yeah. And, and they were not a lot happier, Neil, being honest with you. Yeah. But, but in saying that, does it make a difference if um, a girl is, is, is a woman's choice at the end of the day, Neil, it's a woman's body at the end of the day? But does it make a difference if a woman would, would like to have one child or she'd like two? No. Well, if you can't afford... No, they're just saying, people are just saying that if you can't afford to rear them, you know. Neil, there's plenty of people out there, there's plenty of people out there, let me tell you, I can assure you that, that have... Uh, 
four or five families or they could have two or three kids that might be able to look after the kids along and they have more. But that's not the point, Neil, at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean... No, no, I'm just going, in fairness, I'm just going through the... You, yeah. If God is going to grant you a beautiful child, Neil, some people are not blessed to have a child. They can't have kids. Okay? No, I know. Some, I people, know. Yeah. some people can't. But when you're blessed to have a, have a child in the morning, uh, Neil, at the end of the day, it's not that Tommy and Sarah went to bed and said, oh, Sarah or Tommy, well, what we'll do now, we'll have another child tonight. It didn't happen like that, uh, Neil. It wasn't that they were planned. Mm. Mm, mm. You know what I mean? In yeah, fairness, yeah, right? Yeah. No, there were just some. There were some the of the traveling, observations. The traveling community. What I do know is the the traveling community. Now, and I don't mean to offend anyone when I say this, but the traveling community, we don't believe in abortions, Neil. Contraception right? either, up, no, no. Contraception or no. uh, abortions, giving up your kids or this or that or whatever. Okay. Yeah. At the end of the day, you. I mean, if you're willing to, Neil, have a bit of fun. Well, you must be willing to rear your kids if it comes to that. Okay. And would that be the same for contraception then and things? Well, Neil, when, in, in fairness, you only use contraception, Neil, as far as I'm concerned. Like, you, you get the pill, Neil, okay? Yeah. For a lady. Yeah. You get the pill for a lady. No. The pill don't always work, Neil, right? For oh. argument's sake. You, if you miss a day in the pill or whatever the story oh, yeah. is. Yeah. Or, or if you have a bit, just say you had a drink, Neil. Well, listen, thank you for, thank you at least for responding to the texts and the queries and the, and the comments that people made with regards to big families and oh, was, social there was, there was welfare. Good, there, there was a good lot of comments there, Neil. There was, there was Other, others were saying then, you get, others were saying I people need to get bad. up in the morning, go out to work in the morning and get a job kind of thing. Not every way, Neil. Wouldn't it be beautiful if you can, if you can magically uh, pay her one day and say, I have a beautiful job that I can turn into a job in the morning day or no and have nine Is uh, it tough for travellers to get work? It's very hard for a traveller to get work, Neil. Neil... I remember, Neil, like, Neil, put it this way, they say about travellers I mean, uh, that they're recognised. We're not recognised, Neil. We were never recognised and we never will be recognised. Right? They say, it, they say that we are recognised. We're all equal now. I can assure you, Neil, I'm wrong. I, 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 I'm, in, as I said, in the settled community, uh, not in a hot inside or anything. Yeah. But even for ourselves, we go to a pub, Neil, you're getting turned down for uh, a beer. You still? Go still? Does that still happen? Yes, Neil, Neil, uh, I put it this way, Neil. There was a, uh, my daughter, uh, one of my daughters there, uh, Lee, or, um, Louise. Um, what was it? Uh, two years ago, I think, Neil. Two years ago. We had, um, we went to book a restaurant, okay? Mm. Won't give the restaurant's place for it is, okay? Yeah, yeah. We there went for a restaurant. I spoke to a lady on the phone, booked a restaurant, bits and pieces for a meal. Now, Neil, I don't drink. Okay, I don't right. believe in drinking at a child's communion. That's a child's day, not an adult's Was day, it okay? a communion party of communion? A child's communion. Okay. How many people so were booked in? And just I booked. I booked out uh, Neil. I booked. I, I, I booked a place in Midland, but I booked. Um, I, I booked out for forty people. Neil, okay. okay? No, All right. Kid, on the phone. Kid. Yeah. Right on the phone, Neil. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Brilliant. When I ended up going down, Neil, the lady that owned that restaurant was on the the phone. And what she ended up saying to me, Neil, was when I went, when she decided to talk to me after a while, are you here for a gift card? Okay. Wait a second. I, when you were, was this on the day you arrived down for the lunch, is it? No, no. It was the day that I went down to pay the To deposit. pay. Okay. Right. All right. Deposit, yeah. Right? yeah. Now, I was told there was a lovely lady answer that phone, a beautiful lady. And it was coming up to the Christmas, Neil. I'll never forget. It was coming up to the Christmas and the double week now, Neil, before the, the double week's bonus, you know. And she explained that, oh, no, your Santa is uh, expensive and all this kind of carry-on. 
So she said, leave it, John, until after Christmas. No problem. Me, it was the, the Holy Communion uh, at the time. Uh, so you went and down then after Christmas I to pay the deposit? Uh, no, 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 Neil. I, 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 I explained it was a Friday. I rang him. I said, no, I'd be down on the Monday, love to you. And she says, no, she says, uh, we're closed on the Monday. We're reopened on Tuesday. Yeah. So I was getting uh, Neil no payment on the, the Wednesday, being honest about it. Yes, and I said, right. okay, I, I'll, turn down, I'll turn down on the Wednesday. It was 200 euro deposit, okay? Yeah. The payment, that's what she said. So I went down on your Neil, and when I went in, I knew straight away, Neil, when I went in, don't come wrong, this lady wasn't giving enough, wasn't the lady I spoke to. But anyhow, uh, either way, Anya Neil, she was, she was there and she was messing around with her paperwork and all that, the books, the bookings, right? And there was no book, uh, book there, Neil. That was done away with it. was a touchscreen uh, computer thing. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So, anyhow, she turned around, she says, uh, I explained to the lady that I booked her off of, off of and um, she said, oh, no, she said that um, I'll have to. Now, I'd been in my thought, Neil, that she mentioned a girl's name, okay? And when the lad came down the stairs, was the manager, obviously, it was a wife and um, it was a run business, husband and wife, okay? Right, right. And the lad came down the stairs. I was ever so mortified, Neil. When I actually approached the lad, it was like I knew him for the rest of my life. I said, hi, how's things with you? And she's a long time now, blah, blah. I didn't mind thought it was a lady coming down the stairs to me. So he looked in fairness to, him, to that man. He looked and he says, oh, no, it's in the screen there. So he brought it up. Yes, they are booking there, downstairs and upstairs. There's no hall upstairs. Neil. Yeah, 40 they people, doing, communion, yeah. They yeah. Doing, no, they were doing finger food upstairs. They hadn't got a license to serve hot food as proper dinners, okay? Right. So I asked him, could I book the restaurant downstairs and book the hall upstairs for the disco for the kids? So grand job anyway. So that was all. I, I the hall booked upstairs for the disco for the kids and entertain them for the kids. And the meals downstairs. So he looked up the computer, Neil. Here it was, and you know, at the end of the day, it was up there. Uh, John Quilligan, blah, blah. Book party people downstairs restaurant um, for uh, the, the talking ham, no, Neil, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, what so, happened next? And you know, he, and upstairs, she turned around, she says, no, she says, uh, I insist, uh, no, I thought I, I, I you didn't take that money, is what she said, okay? So he said, no, it's here. So he said, John, a hundred euro deposit. And I explained, Neil, that the lady I spoke to said 200 euro deposit. So they wouldn't try to get me on a hundred there, right? That I, I was a hundred short. So I knew, Neil. So in fairness to the man, no, he, he was very, a very, very nice man. He had no problem giving me that place, Neil. No problem. His wife turned around and says, no, she says, uh, don't take the money. I advise you not to take the money and this, that, and the other. So that was okay. She kept insisting. So at the end of it, anyway, he was taking the money. He took the money off my hand, Neil. I handed the money into his hand like I handed it to you. Yeah. And then the wife turned around. I insist that you don't want to take that money. She yeah, said, yeah, 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 yeah. I will ring John on Thursday. Now, this was a Wednesday, mind you, Neil. I will ring John on Thursday, she said that. And uh, bits and pieces. And um, no, I'll ring him there at the uh, four o'clock in the evening. That's what she said at four, at four in the evening. So she rang me and you John, I'm very sorry. She said, I booked it to a friend on Facebook. So I said, how come you didn't say that today from to your husband? I said that. Oh, she said, I couldn't let him know. But it's a family-run business. So anyhow. You, you, didn't, you didn't believe that? Neil, uh, Neil I've got to be honest with you I got a phone call off the lady I booked it no as uh, Neil alright but when we jump in here I, I, I get okay ju- just, just, so. just chill there I'll come back after 11 and finish the conversation not much left in it but I'd like to know how this got resolved I've a funny feeling it didn't get resolved back after 11 I'm Lana O'Connor Red FM News is first for local national and international news and you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie New Year 
new number for Neil. 0818-104-106. So, Tommy, in the end, and, or John, I should say, in the end, and did you get the booking or what happened? No, no, what happened, Neil, is, as I said, that was on the Wednesday, Neil. So, she was supposed to ring me back Wednesday evening at 4 o'clock. She didn't bother, okay? So, as I was going out the door, what I did ask her was, and uh, what I did ask her was, is the lady that was there, oh, she said, John, she said, she's involved in a very, very serious car accident, okay? Uh, yeah. And she's yeah. in the, the HSE hospital, the regional hospital, basically. And you're, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I said, right, but she'll be back at nine o'clock in the morning. Now, Neil, if you're involved in a sales car accident, how do you know if you're going to be back <laughs> what time in the morning, you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that was a grand job. I phoned Neil, I phoned the following morning, towards the morning, uh, nine o'clock. And that lady that I was speaking that picked up the phone, Neil, okay? And I said, I'd, uh, blah, blah. I'd look for the lady at the time. And she said, this me, John, she said that. She said, I'm not to speak to you under no circumstances. I said, well, what do you mean? She said, look, she said that uh, the lady that owns the restaurant will be ringing you back. She said that. But she's going to stay. She said that she booked it to a friend of hers. Yeah. I said, right through the Facebook. I said, okay. But she asked me that. I said, I didn't. So the lady rang me back and she said it. Oh, I booked it through Facebook. Well, I said, you should explain that to your husband so when your husband was there. So and you weren't, be- anyway, but you weren't believing any of that, were you? No, Neil, obviously, Neil, obviously, Neil, you had this book that was scored over the phone, the lady made a very clear of a score over the phone, and when, in fairness, the husband, when the husband, in fairness, he looked it up on the touchscreen, Neil, and, and it was it. there. Yeah. And he was willing to take that book in, he had no problem with us, no unfairness. Then. And what, so you didn't, you didn't get the booking, you weren't, uh, you weren't allowed to, to turn no, up, no, there was no it, communion. It, Right there. Uh, well, there was a communion, but uh, the, the function didn't happen there, Neil. But and did you, you know, did you get a booking somewhere else? I, I did, Neil. I did. I got in, in the town there, in the hotel inside town there. Okay. Right? And, and did everything go okay? Oh, brilliant there, uh, Neil. The staff, the staff in there, in fairness, to know was brilliant in the Metro Hotel there. Brilliant. Now, right? why do you think some establishments are slow or wary of big traveller bookings? Well, uh, Neil, I'm going to be honest with you, okay? We call the kids black if we want to call it black, okay? No, where travellers is concerned and, and being honest about it, I can understand totally, Neil, right? Because an awful lot of people's premises be damaged, Neil, okay? Some people can't drink soup, okay? But an awful lot of people's premises be damaged. I can understand that totally, Neil. If you walk into a bar and you're looking for the open, get turned, or, turned from a door to have a night out. We're all entitled to have a social old drink, Neil, and go out and have a social life, right? Get the, the meet up with friends and all that kind of carry on. Everyone is entitled to that. Yeah. But when Neil, when Neil, you're going on like, right, like when I got married in 2015, Neil, okay, we had very serious problems again of getting a place to hold the wedding, uh, my wife's wedding. My wife's not a traveler, Neil, mm. okay? So at the end of the day, but in fairness to the wedding coordinator, she ended up getting me the place in Middleton, okay? Uh, the Park Hotel. Brilliant and did it go well? Staff. Brilliant staff, Neil. I'll be, I'll be honest with you now at the time. Brilliant staff, okay? Yeah. yeah. No, no, but no I, issues I, at the I wedding, no? Well, Neil. I won't say it went well, Neil, because I will be lying to you. Ah, damn okay. it. Well, that's the I reason why people... Night, that's night, why people Neil. won't... T- what happened? Yeah, yes. Right, a brilliant night, Neil. A brilliant night, Neil. But at the end of the night, Daniel, Neil, as close and time, they ready to go home. A few words were said. Yes, the things got ended up going out of hand over, Neil, okay? I apologised to the hotel the following morning. I was mortified. Was there damage so, done? Was there a fight? No, there was no damage done, Neil. There was no damage done whatsoever, right? There yeah. was no damage done whatsoever. No, yeah. in fairness to it. 
Okay, yeah. Did it ruin? But, did it ruin the wedding? The marriage? Obviously, it ruined, obviously it ruined the wedding, Neil. York, Neil. Uh, I think that the look, you're making plans there and a commitment, a commitment of marriage, like is a big thing. Neil. Yeah, but you see, that's why some places are just don't want to take the risk. You see? No, I can understand that, Neil. I understand that totally. Okay, as I said. I can understand that totally. But not all travellers are like that, Neil. I mean, you can have that in a certain community as well, okay? Like, you go in there on a Friday night, Neil, inside town there, and you have a few beers. There's a lot of settled people getting fighting. stabbed. There is. There is, yeah, there is. There is. There is. There is. There is. There is. Okay? But, I'd say that, Neil. When it comes to a child's day, Neil, at the end of the day, and when you're looking for... Why, food, why do fights break out, though? Is there kind of inter-family feuding? Because, you know, we like, see the, the call-out videos and we hear machetes and knives. At the end of the day, it's like everything else, Neil. If you're, if you're home drinking, Neil, if you're, like, I don't like drinking, Neil, being honest with you, okay? And uh, home drinking, just say you're home drinking, Neil, it's very boring because what happens is, Neil, it might be nothing. There might be nothing at all to it, but a person might say something, Neil, and... Before you know it, you're picking them up in it. It might mean jack shit, Neil. Okay, it might be even worth the bother of picking it up. But if you're out in a bear, if you're out in a bear, and in fairness, you're, you're there, and if someone says something, you're going to, well, myself, Neil, you're going to play in a game of pools there. Okay, a fellow must have a serious issue, Neil, if you keep bringing it back, and when you come back over, say, yeah? Yeah. Must be a serious issue then. But, look, Neil, some people can handle their beer at the end of the day and enjoy themselves. Other people might be able to handle their yeah, beer. Yeah, I know. But there's all right, sorts I, of legislation now, isn't there, where you just, like, and, 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 and there's been hotels and restaurants that have shell out big money. There was a recent case of 28,000 had to be paid out to a traveller family who were refused that, to book that, it. That, that, that's yeah. in Charnival, Neil. Yeah. That was in Charnival. That, yeah. They got hit three times there, Neil, being honest. But you know, know what I mean? There is legislation that can be invoked by a traveller if he feels he or she are being discriminated against. Well, but, well, but, well Neil, but, at the end of the day, at the end of the day... But, who's, Neil, but is it shared? Is it shared blame, really, you know? Well, Neil, look, at the end of the day, the, I, I, my best knowledge, Neil, there was um, people came down, I think, from Longport there, Neil, if I'm right, right? I think it was Longport, as far as I know, Neil. I heard a bit about it. But to come and book a hotel for a bed, okay, to book a bed, mm. and when you when you come to a door, Neil, and you're being refused, mm. and a long journey, Neil, okay, I don't think, Neil, that's right. It's I know, bed. but here I am talking to you, and there was a fight broke out at your wedding, and you're wondering why hotels won't take traveller weddings, Neil, you see. Neil, as, the, as I said, as I said you know, earlier on, it, that can happen to I the know. best of us. Yeah. Yeah. Right, that can happen to the best of us, in fairness. That can happen to the settled community or the travelling community. Now, Neil, I'd be honest with you, there was a, a lot of the settled people at my wedding, yeah? Neighbours of my own now. Yeah. Right? Neighbours of my own. And, as I said, a great, fantastic night, blah, blah, brilliant night, what happened to Neil? Yes, there was a, at the end of it, it was a crying shame, okay? But, Neil, when you're going in to a restaurant, okay, don't mind the bear now where the pub is and there's drink and alcohol involved, okay? Because you're guaranteed there's probably going to be a few words, okay? But they're all getting painted with the one brush, Neil, at the end of the target. But when you go into a restaurant, Neil, and you want to sit down and book a meal, yeah. at the end of the day, Neil, Neil, that's very wrong when you can't sit down and have a meal. And has that happened? Have you gone to the door of a restaurant having had a booking and they say we're full I, or we Neil, don't I have been, a booking? Yeah. As I said, that booking there to book the choice. I know, but have you had other incidents like Have you had other incidents like that? No, Neil. All right. Okay. Could you no, could you walk into no. a pub now and well, not be stopped? Well, Neil, when you say when you say I had I incidents like that, I'm not a fellow for social discrimination that way, Neil. Okay. Yeah. Like, Neil, I brought I brought I was down in um, 
I was down below there the other day in, oh, outside, what, what's that, um, Polish. Neil, okay? We went looking for a bite to eat. There was three of us there, Neil, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, myself, my brother, and a nephew. Yeah. And we went in for a bite to eat, Neil, and the pub that we went in, Daniel, and we just ordered food, we asked for the menu. So he says, um, I haven't drink? Oh, no, so that none of us drinks, Neil, okay? Yeah. That was there, don't drink. Yeah. So, no, just the meal. We were starving, but don't go, Neil. So, Daniel ordered, um, the, the 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 place is not open to half white meal, right? For serving the food. Yeah. So I know that's okay. So there was a hotel across the way from me. Okay. And we went over to the hotel. And as soon as I walked in the door, Neil, gentlemen, now, as soon as we walked in the door, all you guys, well, lads, right? So we said uh, for me, oh, have you a table booked? No, we don't have a table booked. There's no reserves now on these tables, Neil. And any other tables, there was a reserve or. We've been revoked. All forks and knives in every table. Okay? So, anyhow, we were waiting there, Neil. We were waiting there, anyhow. And he says, we see, can we get something? So, this girl came up, anyhow. This girl came up and she asked, oh, one minute, she said, and I see, can we get this table free at the moment? So, anyhow, she'll be back in one second. But I'll be honest with you, Neil. I'll be truthful with you. 15 minutes went by. He said, no, sign this lady. 20 minutes went by. And I was meeting the person down there, Neil, okay? Mm. In Port Leach. That's why we had to go to Polish to meet a person down there. Mm. And um, for a brother of mine, Neil, right? But anyhow, like that, anyhow, Neil, um, they never came, Neil, to let us know because we have a table to sit down and have our meat. They just left you standing there, right? is it? They left us sitting at a table like like a pack of fools, Neil, with a menu in the hand. There was no menu, Neil, at that. And then I asked this lady coming down, I got sick of Neil, I asked this lady, I said, excuse me, look, can I have a menu, please? And fairness the lady, she brought out three menus. Right? So where, where's the where's the problem? There's no problem there. Right, there was no problem. Neil. No, this is what I'm saying. She brought down, she brought down the menu, okay, but never came back, Neil. Right, never came back. We had a menu, but no one came to serve us. Did you not say? We ended up we walking are... out, Neil. Right? So they just out. ignored you. I'd be honest, Neil. They ignored us. We ended up walking out. We met the lad that the brother had to meet, and went back in by Polish, by the cavern, Neil. For one of the brothers there, okay? Right. Yeah, that doesn't that's matter. So, did you go anywhere no, else then to try and get fed? I, we, we, we drove around Port Leash and we were at one side of Port Leash, we were put in and beautiful people in this restaurant, beautiful people in the restaurant we had, obviously, those steak in on Eel and yes. what haven't you, right? Yeah. And welcome was beautiful. Glass of milk, Neil, a bit of, a bit of uh, the, the steak and a glass of milk. Paid, obviously, Neil, and went away home for us. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you felt you were being judged in the other places. Yeah, yeah. but uh, right. well, okay. Neil, in your place, you were done, come on. You were judged as soon as you walked in the door, well, lad. Okay, but we knew she had been, but that's not the point. I wouldn't go, Neil, and talk about it, but... No, but I mean, it is an example of discrimination, it, it, really. It, it, it's no, almost it, it, a form it, it, of apartheid, it, it, really, when you think it, of it, it, isn't it? it? Neil, it is a discrimination, okay? Uh, there's no two tools about it. No, Neil, you have a booking for, like, 40, I, I, for 40 people I, for communion, and you go down to pay the deposit, and they see that you're a traveller, and there's every excuse. I don't get it. No, Neil, we brought yeah. that to court, okay? That was the first case I ever brought into court, because I was so... The communion one, is it? For the child's communion. Yeah, and how did that end up? Okay, and you know, Neil, we went to court about it. I'd be honest with you, we went to court. There was no judge in, in Midland wanting to take it on at the time, Neil. So, anyhow, we ended up getting the judge to take it on at the time. And when we went down there, I'd be true with you, that lady spoke, the lady that haunted it. When it was the lad turned, the man himself, to get up and get here on the evidence, he was looking down at her, Neil. And if she was there and she would nod her head, yes, 
or not, or I had no. For him to answer yes. Uh, or okay, no. well, how did it end up in court? What was the result? Basically, Neil, Neil and the judge turned around and says she was stating basically that, or oh, she's not discriminating, that she's the teacher. And I'm not interested in any of that. What no, was the this verdict? Is what yeah. yeah, this is what I'm trying to say to you, that's a real family business. And then the judge said, I believe that it wasn't discrimination. It was. Right, that it wasn't. It wasn't. Okay. No. All right. Okay. Right. So basically, one more time, obviously, where travellers come over, they're not recognised. Need be stranger. Mm. Okay. If I need refuse to give a dog a support or, or a bit of food, you get done for neglecting the dog. So okay. might say a human okay. being. All right. Okay. All right. Listen. Let's let's see what happens tomorrow, shall we? God only knows what's going to happen tomorrow, Neil, where Tom is concerned. Is he going to be out in the streets with his, uh, with right. his seven kids? Okay, all right, okay. Stay in touch, all right? No problem, Neil. Thanks for now, John. Take care, John right. Culligan. Right. Text 0868 106 back after the break. Text the Neil Brenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Keep your text coming. Text 086-8104-106. I was just curious as to what the process is uh, with regards to somebody presenting as homeless. Um, now, there are services available. One of them is the Homeless Help and Support in Cork. Deirdre Barry works uh, with uh, uh, Homeless Help and Support in Cork and may well be answer, able to answer some of my questions. Deirdre, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How now, are you doing? I'm well, I'm well, thanks. Now, I know you guys step in to help people on their process, right? But do you know what typically would happen, say, when a family, in this case, just happens to be a husband, a wife, seven children, would present at City Hall? What typically happens? Well, I suppose, to, just to just to clarify, where we would step in really would be when it has become an out-and-out emergency and whether they have presented with to the homeless um, department and haven't received help or they have not yet presented so we would we would try and facilitate with um, oh no I'm not asking you to I'm, I suppose I'm, I'm almost so, asking you to, to to explain on behalf of City Hall what the process is but, see, that's that's where, what I'm what I'm saying we we don't you know I wouldn't be involved in that oh, really. no, but do you know we, what would typically happen um, do I they go to guest houses? A, are they split they, up? They or? go and they present their case, and I suppose it's on a case by case basis. Yeah. Then that that each one is assessed. Um, where we're coming with a family like that, um, as in with the size, I, I I really whether they'd be able to get accommodation with them all together or not. You know that would obviously be be a concern and would be a question. Um, whether that would be available to them. Well, you, usually, usually in a, in a in a scenario like uh, somebody presenting with children, would they be given guest house accommodation? Would they be put in a hotel? Would they be split up? I have heard stories of the men being sent to Simon or Vincent de Paul yeah, and the women yeah, to Adele yeah. House. Can is that yeah, all? Is yeah. that the type of thing that happens? That 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 can be the type of thing. Yeah, that can be the situation. Okay. That can be the way the okay. solution that's presented. In some cases, know, in would there be an emergency house available, perhaps? Um, I don't know. Yeah, right. There's no point in me. You know, we we deal. We're dealing really with the rough sleepers. Um, so people who either are not engaging with the housing department or haven't successfully engaged with okay. the housing department. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So really, I couldn't and I wouldn't really be in a position to to, to say. Okay, well, that's a question I, I should be putting. I should be putting to, to to City Hall then, because yes, that's where yes, families yes, present if I they're homeless. So. Yes, yeah, and yes, they're they're obliged sure. to present as homeless, aren't they? Yes. That is the, that is the case, yes, and they they are obliged to present in their own area. So where we're finding is people who might not be from Cork when they come and they want to engage with the homeless department, and that's with all county councils. They're told to return to where they originated from. 
and that can present its own issues because a lot of them are trying to get away from where they're they're from originally because of issues and concerns or fear of danger or you know they want to change their life around um so that gives mm. a whole other complication mm. to, okay. to going through okay. the, the homeless situation. but your service is primarily for rough sleepers it is yes we yeah. do our soup run every tuesday and every second friday and then we you know so it's food it's it's tents it's sleeping bags it's toiletries we would then if we come you know somebody you know on occasions we would try and put up somebody maybe in a bed and breakfast for a night or two just to give them a bit of breathing space either from the rough sleeping or from the hostel or just to give them a chance so that they do get the opportunity to engage How long? okay okay and well done for that and then they can go and go through the process of yes. presenting as yeah. homeless yeah. to city hall and how long would they would somebody be able to stay in a guest house um, we would tend to kind of do two or three nights. Um, you know, obviously we're a charity and we're dependent on donations, so it can't be indefinitely. Um, so we, we would hope that, that within that space of time, that then something would be resolved with, with the City Hall. Yeah, um, yeah. Again, it is a bit of a case-by-case basis, given the circumstances and the situation. Um, of the and you would pay the guest house. And we'll all get, are, are all guest house open to taking people who are homeless? No. Yeah. No. No. The reason I ask is I, I I was turned away from a couple of guest houses trying to uh, yeah. get some homeless people into them some years back, and I yeah. I, I, yeah. I was no, kind of very upset about it. And they hadn't they hadn't been drinking, the but there was a yeah. they said no no, but there's this smell of drink. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That 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 is still unfortunately the case, and you know the fact that we then present as homeless help and support, what, you know, yeah. kind of gives yeah. the, it yeah. kind of gives the game away a little bit when you we're did, when yeah, we're trying yeah. to. Yeah, I'll never forget in. that because uh, mm. uh, some some months later, one of the gentlemen that I was trying to get into a guest house uh, was actually beaten to death and uh, and lost oh, his God. life up in yeah. up in the Mardak. Yeah. Uh, it was yeah, very yeah, sad. Yeah, and we have had situations where um, bookings have been accepted, and then when we we show. Um, no, no, that we didn't. We don't want to take somebody. No, so we we have had that 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 arise on on a few occasions. Okay. okay. Um, do you fundraise so then? Do you need help and support? Um, we do. We fundraise again because of COVID. I suppose any any activities have had to cease. Um, but we've been very very lucky. I have to say, and we have said on so many occasions, Neil, the people of Cork County surrounding areas have been so so supportive okay. of us. You know, all through the years that we've been running, all through COVID, we have a wonderful team of volunteers who volunteer food and and, and you and kept it up. You had the sandwiches and the hot food and the clothing we there. there. Two was, nights. We yeah. missed two nights during lockdown. We were very proud of that. I have to say, we we scaled and we adjusted, and we put in um, safety measures. Um, but we kept, we stayed out there um, as long because there was always a need. You know, I know that the people were given accommodation, people were taken off the streets, um, but there was still a need out there um, throughout the whole thing. So, okay. so no, okay. we kept going. Listen, thanks Listen, for coming. I wish up. the family the very best of luck. I really hope it all works out for them tomorrow. Um, I'll be following it with interest. All right, well, they'll be back to me and we'll see how they go. Support okay. in the background there. All right. Maybe. Absolutely. Okay. Oh, listen, I'll yeah. pass on your number in the event of maybe they might yeah. want to reach out. It would be an awful thing yeah. to have a family split up, but who knows what will happen tomorrow. We shall see. No, no, definitely. Thanks, um, if, if there's something that we can do, even something small, you know, even if it's only a matter of nappies or toiletries or, you know, even just day-to-day stuff, if we can do any help, we certainly would be happy to do All right, that. you're great. Thanks, Deirdre. Take care Thank for thanks, now. Thanks, Millen. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye, Deirdre Barry, Homeless Help and Support. Has anybody presented as homeless at Cork City Hall? And if so, how did that process go for you? 
text 0868104106. If you want to share your story, you can always email neil at uh, redfm.ie. Um, you, you often wonder then how in touch or out of touch our politicians or our leaders or those in, in, in power and in control of the purse strings actually are. I was thinking about this yesterday. Um, it was, you know, Michal Martin was uh, in, in the UK. I think it was on the BBC yesterday morning. And in fairness to him, he was quite spirited. They were trying to wind him up on on the BBC. I thought about, oh, you know, we're, why are you doing this in Ireland? You're taking all of these refugees, but you're not doing any kind of security checks on them. And how do you know who's coming in? Don't you think that that's maybe a, you know, a, a risky move? Um Actually, I have a clip on that, actually. He batted quite well. I mean, as Irish people, we should have been very proud of his response to that particular question he was asked. Security concerns are something that's been talked about a lot here. So I'm just interested in whether, you know, do you have security concerns? Have your security services told you that you should be doing checks? Have you done any checks at all? In terms of individuals coming in or it's the humanitarian response trumps anything as far as we're concerned. That's it. You know. So no security but, checks but the, at but, all? But our security people obviously will keep a monitoring situation in terms of what's going on and, and people are being received at the airports for example. Uh, mainly to try and respond to them, get some details but also to say to them look, uh, here's how we can, here's, is how we can help you um, in terms of settling down. Now it, it was interesting in the first wave of, if I use that phrase, um, about two-thirds of those who came in in the first number of days had connections in Ireland already in terms of Ukrainian families living in Ireland and a third not. The, those who have no connections are now increasing because obviously of the ferocity of the war and the huge anxiety out there. But we can all see the humanitarian crisis. We do know that that can be exploited by certain uh, bad actors, uh, but we will use our, our, surveil- our, our security personnel will keep an eye on that, obviously, in a more general way. Yeah, I think he, he handled that question very ro- very well, I thought. I um, was thinking about that. The only, the only problem was he's how in touch can you be? You can never, like, you can never feel like one of the people. When you're traveling around in a 15 grand private jet, while Irish people are struggling, we hear the stories of people struggling day in and day out. And I'm not just necessarily talking about, uh, you know, putting fuel in your car. I am talking about that, but I'm talking as well about, you know, trying to heat your home or feed your family and inflation just rampant at the moment and everything costing more. Uh, but, but yet he took a 15 grand jet uh, to go over to, uh, I think he was going to France for, for a meeting in France. I don't know how he got to the UK, maybe the same private jet took him about and... Uh, I don't mean to personalize it, but I just think if you, you know, why don't you just like take a regular flight, like get on a plane like everybody else does, you know, get your own seat or get somebody to book it for you and fly like the rest of us or, you know, fly in business class now to over meet uh, Biden or what have you. I just, I don't know. I can't really be in touch with how people are feeling if you're going around in private Learjets. That's just my own thought on that. Anyway, text 0868104106. Um, it's, I had, I had line, oh, he's not there. I probably kept him too long. My apologies for that. What was that chap's name? Sean, was it? I think he wanted to make a point. My apologies. Maybe you can get him back and see where we go with it. Anyway, text 0868104106 for that and all of the business. Not, not everybody is, uh, is um, all that impressed with uh, everything and anything that's been said about having, um, you know, uh, people presenting at uh, Cork City Council with seven children, you know, that there are too many of them. And I, I see more texts coming in then from people who've had experiences themselves. I used to work in a shopping centre two years ago and I was harassed every day for a year. Our stock was robbed, foul language thrown at me every day. When I went for my lunch, they followed me in the shopping centre, bullied me while I was having lunch. They followed me to my seat when I sat down my food, followed me home one night, myself and my partner. Uh, on the dual carriageway, came up behind us really close, beeping the horns to scare us. 
they have that shopping centre taken over and security don't do anything about it because they, again, are too scared. Same story for the guards. They let people get away with way too much and a lot of the time is because the guards are terrified of them. Nine out of ten times, they are unfortunately members of the travelling community. Sounds like the same old story. Don't upset the poor travellers because God love them. They're lovely people. Well, I mean, your text is from your heart and you're going through and cataloguing what happened to you. But please don't be generalising every single person of a traveller background because that is very unfair. And that's why I wonder, is there an element of responsibility uh, on both sides? Anyway, back to the phone. Let's make my apologies to people that I kept holding. Um, not all of them were able to, were able to stay around. Um, I don't have line three, so you have a line number up there that isn't working, so I'll go to line two. Brendan Dempsey, how did that go for you with the appeal for you for Ukrainian aid for refugees coming over? I know that um, there was a little bit of confusion as to where to, to bring food, the product, but people did eventually, didn't they? And they brought all of the clothing that was needed. Yes, yes. They did bring it, um, and, and there, was, there was a bit of confusion, and I apologize for that. But listen, Neil, I have never witness the type of generosity that is the clothes are coming in by the van load to us and I'd like to ask people to take a break for a while with the clothes <laughs> and that's take only in the space of like 36 hours yeah <laughs> um, like one company Bloom whoever they are they're down in Little Island down that side of the city they rang us, they said they had collected 90 bags of clothes for us in the factory, you know. This is the type of thing that's happening. I have, today I got in seven cots, actually seven cots in for children. And you might remember, oh yes, before Amazing. I go anywhere, through the interpreters, the Ukrainian volunteers are telling me they have a store down in Little Island from... Caulfield, I think, and it's packed with clothes. They can't take any more, and it, they're trying to wade through them to sort them out. Ask and you so, shall receive is the answer there, but have you, you received receive. too much? No, listen to me now, Neil. <laughs> People are going out and buying brand new clothes, brand new for babies and for women. It's unbelievable. Um, do you remember on, on the show, I asked for a couple of rooms where we could counsel children and women. Yeah. I got a, a lady from O'Killeen's direction, had the most beautiful house with a built-on garage, with a, a double garage, I would describe it as, with a, a big room over us, bathroom in us and all. That was there for, and about an acre of ground out the back, done up as a playground for her own children. She'd give it to us, but unfortunately, there's no uh, bus service to it, and it's a couple of miles out, you know? Yeah, I know, I know. I yeah, know. but we have a place in Blackpool, I think, uh, and if if we'll know tonight, the board of the, it's, it's the community centre and the board are meeting tonight. Is that Bill Dunley behind that, I'd say, is it? Bill, oh, there's a couple of rooms there. There's a hall there that you could hold a dance in. He's brilliant, and yeah. He'll sort you out, I hope, yeah. There's an all-weather pitch out the back for children to play. So I think we got, have we about five and a half thousand refugees in the country now, and it's climbing we every had, day. We had, we had 5,000 on Saturday. So it's well up on that then, and, and, undoubtedly, and undoubtedly some, are, some of that number are in Cork, aren't they? 
are in Cork. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they are, yeah. We're, I know that at the moment we're putting, uh, uh, well, Vincent de Paul are, are uh, they're very good, very good to us. Mm. Uh, they're, they're uh, outfitting houses that we've got. There's, there, even this morning there was coaches going out to houses that had been handed out, you know. Fantastic. Uh, I, was out, I came out of Bill Dunley's yesterday about two o'clock after looking, inspecting those rooms. And he introduced me to a lady on the street who was a chiropodist next to Bill Dunley's place there and next to the community centre in Blackpool by the church. Yeah. And she, she was introduced to me and she said, I have the chiropodist shop there. She said, and up over it, there's nothing. She said, you can have it. She brought me in and showed me it was three stories high and done out beautifully. Isn't that unbelievable? Up, I said, look, what about rent? And she said, I'm not looking for rent. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Kindness. There was a farmer from East Cork. A farmer from East Cork says that he has two properties on his farm that haven't been used for a few years. And we can have them. So this is being handed over now to the Red Cross who look after. Do we know if anybody's handing over properties or holiday homes or councils giving homes? No, I haven't come across that yet. No. I haven't. Yeah. But, but you see, holiday homes, like certainly mobile homes on sites, the sites are closed. They are, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you were looking for a lot of large women's clothing, you know, bigger sizes and people... My God, I got them. Okay. There's bags and bags of them put away and we'll use them as required. And the normal size ladies, well, we normally have... Plenty of clothes from the men. And children's? you got plenty of children's? We, we are. We're getting children's clothes. Yes, okay. we are. So would you say at we this are. stage the job is done for now, is it? Just for the next few weeks it certainly is and the war might be over and we don't know what's happening but okay. I don't suppose it will be. Who knows? Who Listen, knows? Okay. As I'm on air, we have the bags of clothes in our office in Rasm and the ladies come in and they have to root through the bags of clothes. Yeah. I'd be grateful if any shop out there could give me a loan of one or two clothes racks that we could hang the clothes up on that the ladies could see what they're getting. Okay, okay. And how can they contact you if they have them to give? Well, you might give out my number. I have it here. Okay. So clothes racks, particularly from maybe fashion shows or fashion shops or or retailers of clothes that might have them to spare. They they, they usually come that you can kind of wheel them along. Wheel them in and out five or six feet long and they're about five feet high. You okay, know? whoever might be listening that might have them, Brendan Dempsey is on 086 398 1410 Isn't that right? Correct. I'll give that out again. Alright, fair play. Okay, uh, Brendan, listen, thanks for the update. Stay in touch. Thank you so much. Not at all. Bye, Not at all. Bye. Take care. Brendan Dempsey, if you can help him with regards to clothes racks, 086 3981 410 Uh Back to the phone lines we go. Get as much in as we can between now and midday. Dan, good morning. Good morning. Um, you wanted to pick up on the conversation yesterday with Vanessa not being allowed to use the bathroom. Yeah, I know. And look, what a journey we've been on for the last hour since uh, that's been in my text. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, look, a total sympathy for the lady. But I mean, like, and I don't have any skill in the game here. I'm not a small business owner, but I can understand. Like, I mean, every when you buy the coffee, you're not just buying the coffee; you're paying towards the cup, and you're paying towards the toilet and the upkeep. And opening 
business toilets to the public is not like you know I, I can't see the sense of it. I mean, would, would all these people texting them with their outrage open their front door if someone knocked up and used their bathroom? No, but she'd have been better off saying nothing at all and just walking into the bathroom. At least she had the Possibly, decency to say, could I use the bathroom? Absolutely. Or maybe just say, okay, well, give me here, I'll pay for my coffee and I'll go in and I get it when I come out. Like this whole panic thing about... Oh, uh, she was under pressure. Were you ever caught charge, 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 charge? I know she was, but she was two minutes from the shopping centre in Bannaconic where there are public toilets. You know what I mean? So, I mean... Look, I, look I, told, I told simply for her, I'm, I'm speaking in general terms, like people attack small businesses, but like, you know, they're not a public service, they're a business. In spite of the fact that she was going to sit down and have a coffee after using the bathroom? Sure, look, how many people have probably said that and walked on out the door? All right, okay. You know, and again, look, I, I get what you're saying, it may have been a, an isolated incident with the, with the staff that were on or something, so taking this, this situation out of it, we can all be unlucky. You know, the same thing happened during COVID. I was hearing of people who were accompanying their relatives into into town for appointments, and then they were walking around town to over Limerick and couldn't get a toilet anywhere and all this. It's like, let's, you know, make a plan, you know. Ah, yeah, but that's the best laid plans of mice and men. You're caught, you're caught, you got to go, you got to go. Ah, yeah, but yeah. there are options there, you know. Look, this, this is probably an unusual incident, to be fair, but I just all think right. in general, like, let's not assume that small businesses are there to provide toilets for the public. Okay, all right, appreciate that. Text 0868 back after the break. Calling Red FM Studio? Call the new number, 0818-104-106. Yeah, you were on about the fam- Traveller family. At least they have a place to stay. Do you remember that girl you spoke to that lived on the Yall Beach? Her family uh, all on the beach. That's what I would call bad luck. I do recall that. I wonder how that woman and her family, big family, lots of kids. I wonder how she's getting on. I don't know if she's listening or anybody knows. Be good to get an update. Uh, Anthony says the government's serious about the amount of Ukrainian people proposed to come into the country with our serious housing crisis. And no one seems to think about the knock on effects on our joke of a health system with the thousands of extra people coming into the country. Another one. Where were the convoys and flag waivers when 13,000 eastern Ukrainian civilians were massacred in 2014? No one cared about those men, women and kids. Virtue signaling at its finest in Ireland. Another person says, I can't understand how people can't see the elephant in the room. We have a housing crisis. Overnight, people can raise thousands to offer up their homes. It's not, it's not just disgraceful. It's hypocritical. I was brought up to believe that charity begins at home. Uh, another person then worried about COVID. Vaccination rates in Ukraine before the war was only 30%. Is there a case for mandatory vaccination for refugees, says Frank. Uh, another one, Marie, says how many TDs have dipped into their own property portfolios or their own pockets to help the Ukrainian uh, people? And there are more. A lot of people are going out with aid. Others are going out to Ukraine to bring Ukrainians back to Ireland themselves. And now Cronin from Cronin's Coaches is doing exactly that. Now, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you doing? What's the plan? Well, the plan is we're uh, sending a coach out of Cork here this afternoon. We're leaving at three o'clock and heading for Rosslair. Uh, we have three Arctic trucks filled with supplies as well. Which will Good man, it's not going out empty then. What's the, what, are, what supplies have you got? Uh, so we, we the, the the people of Cork have sent so much supplies. So we've got medical supplies, kids' clothing, uh, dry food goods. We've been donated buggies, sleeping bags, bedding. You name it, the people gave us. And uh, our GoFundMe page has hit €60,000, which is absolutely incredible. And uh, we've had uh, offers of rooms in people's houses to... to to house the people that we're bringing back and uh, we have a man in the ground in Poland at the moment, John Denny. He has uh, met most of the people that we're bringing back 
and uh, by the time we get there he'll have all that vetted and we'll have people back here next Monday evening. Also, uh, I'm delighted also to hear, just before I get to that stage of your trip, I'm hearing an awful lot of chatter now on media with regards to pets, dogs, cats, f- pets that are being left behind. We had Susie from St. Vincent to pause on yesterday. You're taking a load of pet food, are you? Uh, well, we put a call out yesterday. We had space in our truck and we uh, we said we could take a bit of pet food if, if needed. I did hear that article yesterday. Um, so yeah, if there's, there's space still, a little bit of space still in the truck if they want to send out some pet food. Uh, of course, the pets are important, so we, we'd be glad to help. Ah, them yeah, there you have the space. Well done. Okay, so is it a truck and a coach, or is it a coach or a truck? Which is it? So, so we have we our own coach, which we're taking a Crohn's coach. We fill that with supplies, with the real essential stuff like medical supplies uh, and some kids' clothing. We have three articulated uh, lorries filled: one in Nori, one in Limerick, and one in Cork. Here, with all the donations that we've received since last Monday. So, in eight days, we've turned this project around. And it's been a huge success. And then 40 Ukrainian refugees will board your coach. Where? At the Polish border? So at the Polish border. We're heading to a place called Yeshev, which is away down the southeastern tip of Poland. And uh, we're going to bring those people back to Cork uh, through Roslair. Uh, and do they, are they already Cork. aware, those people, that they're travelling on your coach back to Cork? Yeah, we're, we've, uh, John, as I said, uh, John Denny has travelled down and he's met a good few of the people that we're bringing back so far and he hopes to have met them all by the time we get there on Paddy's night and what the clothes on their back my god well yeah so we we have a, a Polish driver who lives down that direction and he actually reached out to us um, last Saturday week uh, himself and his wife who's a nurse have been working on the front line since this war started and he asked um, could we send down some help and we said we could and then we said well we could send a bus down with aid supplies and then we said we could possibly send a truck down and in, on la- last Monday, last Monday week, eight days ago, this project, we said we go do this. It's all voluntary. It's all people's time. Um, and we've turned this project around and we're going to have these 45 people come back with us. Where they, where, the, they st- where do they stay when they arrive here? So last the, basically it's a lot of friends and contacts of the people involved in the project have come forward to say that they have rooms in their houses or that they have a, an apartment or a house that they're not necessarily using as a holiday home. Um, and they've reached out and they said they'd be happy to help us out. And we've asked people to commit at least six months, if they can, to uh, these people, because this war isn't going to end anytime soon. And these people, the Cork people, have been absolutely fantastic in answering this response. All right. Okay. When do you hope to get back? The plan is uh, we should be back in Cork Monday evening. And uh, the people of the Kingsley Hotel have very kindly given us um, hotel rooms for everybody for the first two nights that they arrive here to let them settle and get freshened up and... Just That's very decent. And, and after the two nights, what happens? And after the two nights, then the host families are going to collect the, the families from the hotel. Are you travelling yourself? Yeah, uh, myself, uh, Vincent O'Brien and John Lamassey were leaving from Cork this afternoon. So we're, we're driving direct. It's a three-man crew. We, we're not going to hang around. We're not, um, we're not going to be staying in hotels or anything on the way. We have a, a sleeper bunk in the coach and we're going to drive straight down, get there as quick as we can, unload the supplies on Friday morning meet the people that we're bringing back on Friday, leave Poland Saturday morning, and we're on a ferry uh, out of Cherbourg at 3 o'clock on Sunday, and we should be back in Rosslair for about 9 o'clock Monday morning. And by the time all the paperwork is done and um, 
we get to Cork, it'll be roughly between three and six o'clock. Safe on, trip. On Safe trip. Yeah. If if it's at all possible to talk to you some stage Monday morning, that would be great, Niall. Yeah, be great. We'd be glad to talk to you, Neil. Okay, I'll put it in the book. Talk to you then. And safe thanks, trip thanks and well done. Everybody in, thanks to everybody in Cork. Thank all you. All right, bye. Take care. Talk Monday and have a good trip and a safe trip and bring him back safely. Neil's got a new number. Call him now on 0818104106. And tomorrow we will do all things St. Patrick's long weekend. I know it's not technically into the weekend, but you know what I'm saying. It's an extra long festival. So that's on tomorrow's programme, including live music. And we'll also check in with those uh, key players in the parade itself for Thursday. So that's tomorrow. We're looking forward to uh, that. Um, before I love you, leave you for the day that's in it. It's the first day of Cheltenham today uh, and Jordan has sent me uh, some bets. Now, it's just a little bit of a flutter. It could be notional. You don't have to put any money on it, but it just gets us involved, doesn't it? Now, he says... <laughs> For today, anyway, he says, Neil, I've gone for two horses per race this year because it's so competitive. Um, that's, that's fine for today, but from tomorrow, it's going to be one horse per race. Because <laughs> uh, you got to pick one or the other yourselves. On the 130 Constitution Hill or John Bonn. Um, on the 210, Riviere de Tell or Edwardstown. In the 250, Fleur or Does He Know It? In the 330, Honeysuckle or Appreciate It? In the 410, Tell Me Something Girl or HMS Seahorse. And in the 530, Statler or Run Wild Fred. So <laughs> I don't know whether that helps or makes it a little bit more confusing. I'm telling you to go booking or betting both of them. Far be it for me to tell you what to do with your few bob. Uh, but there's two per race there. You can make up your own mind. Bit of a Sophie's choice. Uh, but tomorrow, I really hope that it'll be one horse <laughs> Per race for the rest of the week. Um, our lines will stay open on 0818 104 106. Uh, text 086 We covered a lot of ground this morning. Pick up on it again tomorrow. But also, I'd love to know whether or not you think we've jumped the gun that little bit early with regards to uh, mask wearing and gatherings and what have you when you look at the numbers and also the confusion that I've outlined that there seems to be, for me anyway, leaves a bit to be desired with regards to booster shots and vaccinations and the availability of places to get it done. Uh, oh my God, uh, I suffer from long COVID. I was so upset listening to Vanessa in the restaurant in Ballancolic yesterday. I've never heard of such cruelty to a human. Uh, the restaurant needs to be called out because I, for one, would never set foot inside it. Uh, and I hope that she's okay. Now, bear in mind, it's run by the Brothers of Charity and the staff in there are actual users. Some of the staff are users of the Brothers of Charity um, service itself. So bear that in mind. Uh, this lady was in desperate need. She nearly peed herself from the way she spoke. It sounded like she might have. Well, she did have an accident. Um, when I have to go for a wee, it can happen suddenly and I need a toilet ASAP. Uh, this is more of an issue for women, especially after having kids or in that lady's case, a consequence of having long COVID. I don't agree with the man. Planning on what you need to go to the toilet every day is not realistic. You can't plan for every eventuality. I have no problem paying to use the loo if I need it, whether that means buying a coffee or paying at the door. Uh, and one other one there, just listen to John on the radio um, with regards to discrimination. I agree with him 100% that there is a lot of discrimination with travellers. Over the past couple of years, I've seen so many GoFundMe pages for every man and their dog being put up on Facebook. I've not heard one comment of anybody putting a GoFundMe page for that man and his wife and seven kids in Little Island. I'm sure the people would be happy to stay there if they got a price of a new clean mobile until they got a house, maybe. I, for one, would be happy to donate if they set up a GoFundMe page. At the end of the day, 
it's seven kids we're talking about. Whatever about the adults, says Jocelyn. Yet nobody has suggested a GoFundMe. Maybe that speaks volumes. Meanwhile, travellers dumping rubbish and complaining about rats and respiratory issues on your program all of the time. I need to remind people, you've got to help yourself as well. They have their hands out all of the time and contribute very little in a positive way to society, but contribute greatly in a negative way. We as a society just tiptoe around travellers. They should never have gotten ethnic status without certain criteria being fulfilled. You don't say, Bobby, what that criteria should be. I mean, we can't live in in a world of discrimination or forms of apartheid. Anyway, Bobby says, they live outside society but expect the same society to provide for their needs. Remember the girl who presented at a Garda station with half a dozen kids with nowhere to go? Where was the state to step in after, say, child number two, three or four? To stop the situation, says he by text. Keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM.